Well, good evening, folks. Hope everybody's doing better than I am. <laughs> My stomach's been going through a mortal combat with some bad chicken. Uh, I'm not going to name the restaurant because I'm sure it wasn't their fault, but I don't like to eat out too many places. I like to pre prepare my food at home, and I eat very bland things naturally, but uh, I had lunch today. Long story short, it didn't agree with me, and I've been very uncomfortable all day. Feeling better, but not good enough to sit over the charts. So I'm sitting here in my lazy boy recliner in my trading office, looking around at many pairs of shoes that I have to find locations for. <laughs> so... I want to talk a little bit about monthly goals, and I want to discuss, in my opinion, the secret to reaching them. And before I get into it, <clears throat> I'm going to be, excuse me, I just want to preface it by saying, obviously, you know, who you learn from, who you listen to, you know, whatever stream of information, advice, experiences, um, whether they be fictional or rooted in real success from other people that talk about what you should or shouldn't do. Understand that obviously each of us have an opinion, okay? And it's fine to hold an opinion, and it's also completely understandable for others to have an opinion of what should or shouldn't be done in trading, because all of us are gonna walk differently in this industry, all gonna have different objectives, you're going to have different results. Uh, some of you are going to do exceedingly well, and some of you are still going to fail. And that's just the reality of this industry, uh, because it's very difficult to overcome yourself. And emotions and greed and fear of missing out or trying to keep up with the Joneses, trying to keep up with the influencers on social media, uh, that unfortunately is a pitfall. So putting that aside for a moment, but we'll come back to it and later portion of this discussion. The idea of having a trading goal, a percentage return that you're aiming for, um, I believe it is advantageous. And I'll go over the reasons why I do believe it's advantageous. And I'll try to slice and dice the opinions of others that I've seen on social media over the years and also read in books and saw articles and people commenting and you see them on CNBC. Oh, I don't believe we should have trading goals because the first thing that comes out of their mouth, and I want you to write this down. What? I'm driving ICT. <laughs> Just make sure you make a mental note that this is what you should be doing later on. But make make a note of it in your trading journal today Okay, for uh, January 10th of 2023. That you must... You must have a target to aim for, or you'll hit nothing. And nothing in this industry is failure. It's worse and beneath break even. So coming right out the gate, I'm just going to say that the folks that say you should not have a goal or aim for a percentage each month, number one, let me put this right out there, they don't know how to trade consistently profitable and they're not shooting with a high accuracy rate. That's the only reason why anyone would have that opinion. Anyone. 
Now, I'm going to teach you in this discussion how to have a high accuracy. And you're going to see it this year. <laughs> Trust me. These are the lessons that help ground you. But I'm also going to spice it up a little bit. So that way you want to do exceptionally well. You want to win competitions. You want to win friends and influence neighbors. This is the discussion for it. But write in your journal. Underneath that, you have to have a goal. That anyone that has stated that you should not have a percentage return goal each month, they are misinformed or inadequate. So should you be listening to those individuals? No. No. Now, I'm not going to sit here this evening and try to butter you all up and talk about how you can be doing 200R multiple trades, risking 2%. Because if anyone could do that consistently, they would put themselves on the billionaire list rather quickly. Okay, and you don't need to do a whole lot to do very well, but you need to do the one thing consistently. That means your model. And we're going to talk about that as we go. So I want to think about how I started and what got me into trading. And you've heard this, obviously, but I'm going to give you like the three or four sentence version of it. I wanted to make $1,000 a month. That was my goal. Okay, so on Thursday evening at 9 p.m. in 1992, I concocted this idea that I would aim for a way of making $1,000 per month that could be saved and put aside. And by the time I was 40 years old, I would not need to work. Now, contrast that with what you see on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, IML. Everybody wants to be a Lambo owner. Everybody wants to be you know, in a $2 million house now. Everybody wants to you know, be the best of everything that materialism can pay for. And while that's nothing, there's definitely nothing wrong with that per se. I don't believe that young folks or older folks should look at that and say, yeah, that's why I want to get into trading. Because that, number one, that image, you have to continuously work towards maintaining it. Because once you do it, once you start it, you have to keep doing something more or you grow stale. Just look at them out there. They're all trying to get the next Ferrari. <laughs> Why don't they have a Bugatti? I am so tempted. I'm so tempted to go out and buy a Bugatti. That way I can be the first one and say, okay, catch up. <laughs> $30,000 for oil change. That just doesn't make sense for me. Even, even where I'm from, I think that's just ridiculous. But I digress. I believe that if you are paying attention as to what I'm showing you, and I see, a, a, I guess it's a guy. I don't know if it's a guy. I don't, I'm afraid to even say that anymore. I might get canceled. But one of the subscribers and followers on my Twitter feed today was like, you know, we want to see the truth, ICT. You know, we want to see you calling the markets. Well, I have been. You know, I've been doing it you know, consistently. I'm pointing it out in your chart, on your chart live. 
And why am I doing that? Number one, I'm keeping myself engaged so that way when we do live streams, I'm not rusty because like anything, it's a skill set. You have to be in sync with the marketplace, a shooting range participant, someone that has a firearm. If you don't shoot your firearm regularly, you won't maintain that high accuracy. It's a skill that has to be continuously honed or you'll lose it. Driving skills, you know, racers drive, you know, these fast cars. They they have to be continuously working in their machine or they'll lose their rhythm. They'll, they'll lose their edge. And you don't want to lose that in the markets because it takes a couple of weeks sometimes if you're you know brand new to get in sync. For me, it takes about a couple of days. But, you know, right now we're in some really weird market conditions. So I'm showing you. And trust me, we're we're still on the same topic here, but I want to make sure you understand why I'm doing what I'm doing on Twitter. I'm showing you small little snippets in price action. Not 200 R multiple trades, not 50 R, not 20 R, but you've seen several 10, 8, 5, and you've seen one to one. All of them are rooted on the things that I've taught either in my YouTube content or the mentorship model that I shared last year. Now, some of you are looking at some of the trades I'm doing. You're like, oh, I don't understand this. this is, I'm confused. I don't see the 2022 model in that setup. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Because that's not the only thing I'm going to be teaching you this year. I'm going to be teaching you how to read price in any condition. Because... If you can't adopt that skill, you become a one-trick pony. Now, that's not terribly awful when it comes to being a specialist, you know, doing one thing, you know, trading the S&P over NASDAQ or Dow or Russell. You, know, you want to pick one market that you, you want to warm up to, start a long-term relationship with, okay? And young men, this is one of those discussions I revert back to. You know, how are you doing in your personal relationships with your significant other? If you're not monogamous, that characteristic is going to find its way into your trading. And you're going to look constantly at what's this market that this person's making money in? Let me stop what I'm doing in this one and start following that market. And that, unfortunately, causes people to jump around all the time. And it's worse than system hopping because you're all chasing the better market right now. And excluding, obviously, crypto, because I, I don't think crypto is my forte. And I'm going to just leave that one alone because you know my opinion about it. But Forex, for a long time, you've all watched me teach and operate and engage in, in the foreign exchange market. And I've made public last year why I have moved away from that and returned back to my roots in futures. So while there are movements in the FX market, and there will be movements. Don't think that it's going to be just like it was today, stagnant. Okay, your looks like it was, you know, <laughs> asleep. You can see small little microstructure setups in that, but I don't think that a new student should gravitate to those lessons. And me as an educator, as a mentor, it's not advantageous for you to learn how to do that. Now, 
for someone like a charter member that's been with me since 2016, I believe that they can go into the euro dollar today in January 10th, 2023, and down into a one minute chart and maybe a 30 second chart. They can find micro market structure in there and trade the same thing that's shown on that 2022 model, but be forced to be very nimble with it. You know, five pips, seven pips, and then get out, you're done. But to me, I don't believe that's something that you should be trying to do as a new trader. So what I'm doing is, is I'm taking you on Twitter and I'm prompting you to look at specific things in the marketplace, whether you're able to see it live or not, you can go back and see they're absolutely right before it happens. And I'm taking your attention to the very candles that make the most sense as to why I'm doing what I'm doing. So I am calling the market. I'm telling you where it's going to go beforehand. That's where my focus. And then I'm showing you how I engaged in it. So in when we do our live streams, I'm going to be talking about how the market moves from one place to the next. And most of you that are looking for signals are going to be very frustrated. But I want you to stop and listen to me right now. If you cheat yourself out of this experience, you will not know how to go forward with whatever I've taught on my YouTube channel. And I mean that sincerely. I'm giving you this opportunity so that way you can disarm yourself about having to be profitable right away because that's unrealistic. If we were all in an auditorium, okay, we we're in a big location, and I said, okay, who here, this is your first year learning how to trade. I guarantee you there'd be more people raising their hand up than not because word of mouth is spreading all these folks that are wasting their money in IML and things like that. They're all talking about me now. They're saying, hey, look, there's a guy on YouTube, and this is where they're learning it from, and they're trying to teach it. And that's great. Keep doing it. <laughs> the idea of sitting in front of the charts with me live, I'm going to bridge that gap that you all have right now. Even for those that are skilled and you can find your setups and other things that you trade, I promise you, you're going to learn things about price actions you've never even thought about. You never even figured that they would even possibly be in price. Now, the reason why this is important is because it will help you identify what you're trying to do as a trader. Because you have to have a multiplier. If you want a multiple of three to one, there's nothing wrong with that. And it's rather easy to do. But don't negate or scoff at a setup that would be one to one. Because I'm going to tell you something. I can find 15 to 20 one to one setups every single day. Now. How many do you need to do well? One. And if you made one, you stop for the week. Isn't that profitable? Yes, absolutely. So when you listen to folks, and I've seen so many people over the, over the internet, on YouTube, mostly YouTube, because it's a platform that people like to get on there. They, they, they'll talk and they like to hear themselves talk. And I don't like to hear myself talk, but I want to make sure you understand there's a different way to do this. And when I hear folks put on their authority hat and they share their MyFX books and they, they talk down to everyone else like they're doing something that no one else can do, those returns that they show, they're rather, well, wanting. And when you see individuals talk from that 
soapbox and they try to tell you you shouldn't have goals, isn't it pretty obvious that they live by that because their returns are lackluster and they have like this heart attack type if they have anything going up in an equity curve, it looks jagged like a roller coaster you wouldn't want to ride. Or it's just drifting down and draw down and they haven't connected it for a month or so. And then when they turn it back on, they're in drawdown. So these individuals, they're going to tell you, don't have goals. Don't do these things. Don't A trader shouldn't have PIP goals a week. Traders shouldn't have a percentage return goal per month because here's the thing. And this is what you want to write in your book too. In your journal, you're going to write. They will say that the market can't be timed and you can never know what the market's going to offer you and put quotations around that. And right next to that, I want you to write, this is a lie and then highlight and underline that. Now, I have had three decades of time looking at things that were a complete waste of my time and money and attention. And in the beginning, my first three or four years was just misinformation. I was overloaded with misinformation. And if you're a casual listener or you know, you're just starting to dab one price action and you want to learn how to trade, looking at all my information on that YouTube channel, it could be rather intimidating. And if you're new and you're trying to figure out what it is that you should be focusing on right now, I think personally, if you're brand new, absolutely first time coming to the channel, just look at the 41 videos that I did last year in the 2022 mentorship. That'll put you up to speed. That way, at least you'll know exactly what I'm trying to do as a foundation in the live streams that we begin in February 7th. You'll also understand what I'm helping you build on when I'm prompting you on Twitter. Some of you are saying that you're confused. You don't know what's going on, and that's normal. It'll all make more sense when you're watching it over the chart with me. But for those individuals that have been around me for a while, they know what the, well, the premise is that I'm pointing to. And most of them are learning how to do better than they thought they were doing before they started doing that. Because they've ignored real-time tape reading, and you have to do that. And that's the only real benefit of me being live with you, because I'm going to force you to look at the candlesticks individually. And I'm going to outline what the algorithm is likely to do, why it should do it, why it shouldn't do other things. And by seeing that week after week after week, this conversation and all my bullet point notes that we're covering is going to be much more meaningful to you. Okay, so this Twitter space, I don't like I don't keep a running log of it. There's a lot of you that are taking them and putting them on their YouTube channel. And that's cool. I don't care. I don't, I don't care what you're doing with them. Um, I don't have a record of these. So I know that Twitter usually, I think after a little bit of time, they just go away or something. But there's many of you all out here that are recording them and putting them on your YouTube channel. There's another guy that does it, puts them on Spotify. And that's cool. I got no issues with that either. But uh, you want to go back to this one on the week of Christmas of this year. Because we will be in holiday mood. I won't be trading. I'll be back in that quiet, not doing too much of just you know, chit-chatting. No real trading. 
But I want you to come back to this discussion, and we're not done. I haven't even got to the meat of it yet. This is all just the monologue. This will mean much more to you then. And when you go into 2024, you will have exactly what you're looking for. You'll know exactly what you're doing. Because this right now, for many of you, is year one. Year one. Year one, 95% of the time, is not a profitable year for any of us when we first start trading. It wasn't for me. It was not for me. 1992 was my first year, and I started literally six weeks away from the end of the year. <laughs> exactly when I don't want to trade now. See the difference? Because I felt like I had to do it real quick. And I had no idea what I was doing. And then in 1993, I had a flash of luck and then crashed and burned. So year two, not profitable. So it's normal for you. And let me remind you all, it is absolutely normal for you to be learning and engaging in deep study, exercises, back testing, forward testing, tape reading. I'm literally going to take you through the real process that I've always taught in private mentorship that 90% of my students just simply didn't want to do. So you're going to have no excuse this year. You're going to know what it, it looks like to back test, how to journal, how to look at the end of the week how to look for setups, how to go back and find your model. All those things I'm literally going to walk through like a student would be expected of me. I'm going to do it with you. So that way you can see exactly what it is that you should have been chewing on every single day and every single week, every single month, every quarter. And then by the end of the year, now you have something to work with. Then you make a decision. How do you want to trade? What setup are you going to focus on? All of those, all of those ideas that you all see repeated uh, tweets and and questions in my comment sections of my videos. How do I do this? And what should I do about that? You're going to see that that the, many of those questions are personal. You have to come to those conclusions independent and uniquely on your own. You can't have input from someone else. Just like the topic of this discussion, monthly goals, when they'll tell you you shouldn't have that. If someone tells you they don't believe that a trader should have monthly goals. I guarantee you, if you looked at their PL and their month to month stats, they're not consistent. They're not consistent. So, what is the multiplier? I apologize. You're going to hear me sipping. I have no way of editing these things out like I normally do in my YouTube videos. I've done pretty good. I haven't dropped one F bomb yet. It's probably coming though. <laughs> We have the choice of multiple setups when it comes to ICT concepts. So when you're looking at the marketplace, I don't try to take any of you or all of you collectively and like silly putty press you all into the same mold because it, it doesn't work that way. And I felt that was likely to be the best way for me to become a trader when I tried to be like a Ken Roberts and I couldn't make it work. And then when I tried to be a Larry Williams and I couldn't make that work. And I tried to be a Jake Bernstein, seasonal tendencies only, no technicals. Just look at, okay, this is the day it should do this. And then I lost money that, doing that too. 
And I did Elliott Wave, lost money. I did Gan, lost money. I used Hearst stuff. That's a different discussion. Dow theory. Simple patterns and harmonic patterns. I've done all that stuff. Heikonashi, Renko bars, point and figure. I've done all of it. Every single thing out there, I've done it. Volume profile, yeah. All of those things, if they help you, when I talk about how I don't like them, and if it's useful for you, it matters not what my opinion is. But I have to be honest, when I'm asked what is my opinion about them, it, they're gimmicks. They're just they're reasons for something. They're the catalyst for you making a decision and you placing a bet, just like anyone else going to a roulette table and saying, yep, what's my son's birthday? Okay, I'm going to play that number on the roulette. And my favorite color is red, so that's what they come to. That's their system. That's their gimmick. That's their thing that makes them do what? Make a decision. But then they have to decide how much money they're going to bet. They're going to keep betting that over and over and over again until they blow all their money. So it matters not really what you're doing to get into the marketplace. Because you can make money if you're a good money manager. You can make anything, a coin flip. That can be utilized as a catalyst. But if you can't let your winner run and cut short your losing positions, it matters not what you're using. So what's the advantage of my stuff? My stuff is very precise. So if you add in the fact that it's aligned with the market algorithm, times when the market's likely to do certain things, look what happened today. I told you, close your charts. What happened in the marketplace? Chop. And I've watched so many people on the internet in live streams and on Twitter and on, well, I don't have an Instagram, but I have people that send me stuff that, you know, look at this guy, look at this lady, look at this person. They're over there trying to do this and they're calling this and they're getting chewed up. You have to know when not to do something. You have to know when your son's birthday and your favorite color isn't likely to come up on the roulette table. If it, if it comes up right on your next spin, what's the chances of it happening again right after that? Next to zero. So you have to know when not to do something. And unfortunately, a lot of these folks out there pretending and masquerading as mentors and teachers, they haven't even been in the game long enough to know what it's like to be in a market that is not tradable. Everything's going to the moon. Everything's on fire. <laughs> it's oh, this market's lit. You know, we're 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 gonna it's gonna it's gonna run and blow the top off, or it's gonna melt completely down. Everything's an extreme, and I get that. That's how you can tell their length of time in trading because everything is an emotional experience. It's all hyped up, and that's why a lot of the folks that are in that. That's a cult. They don't like someone like me because I'm fuddy-duddy. I'm monotone. And unless I go ratchet ICT on a, on a Twitter space, there's really nothing you know, that gets all that animated. But you want to be just like this with your money. Like, do you want to be nuts and just insane with all your betting and putting money at risk on emotionalism? And hyped up 
decision making? No. But you listen to these people and they'll tell you that they're trying to flip their account 100% every single month. And while I do believe that's possible, is it possible for you as a new startup? You just started learning about this stuff. Do you think it's realistic for you to have the even considering at all that being a goal for right now? Because if you think that's a goal for you, you won't be here long. No matter what I teach you, you won't be here long because you're going to bring in unrealistic expectations and you're going to wreck yourself. I didn't come into this industry wanting to do that, but I grew into it by buying books and listening to courses and buying authors of so-and-so's courses saying this and so-and-so's courses doing that. And later find out that, you know, they themselves couldn't do it. So what does that tell you? So it's altogether something different. What I'm sitting here telling you on Twitter, the tweets can't be deleted. I mean, I guess I could tweet it, uh, tweet and then delete it, but I don't do that. I have people taking my tweets. They go right into a, I don't know if it's like a server or something, but every single one of my tweets go into a, a log. And believe me, if I ever delete a tweet, you're all going to know about it. <laughs> okay. But I'm not going to, I don't need to. I love doing what I'm doing because I'm teaching you the foundation to building realistic monthly percent returns because you have to have a target. If you have no target, you're aiming at nothing. If you aim at nothing, you're going to hit nothing. So you came to me and people like me because you want to have the experience that we have or pretend to have. Now, clearly, I think I'm showing you that I can see these things before they happen. You're experiencing it. Just look at the tweets and look at the people's reactions. And you're, you're looking at the chart and it's happening. And I know you're sitting there smirking right, right now. The corners of your mouth is turning up that small little tug of a smile and smirk because you know what you've been witnessing. You know that my slogan is every week, every day, and it won't stop. I'm proving it. Now, you will be able to do this skill set, but you will not in year one be able to go out every single day and find a setup like I'm doing. That's not realistic. Year two and a half, three, yeah. So what is a goal for you? As a new student, what is reasonable ICT? What should a new student hope to do by the end of year one? Number one, your first year is discovering who you are as a trader because you're going to go through all kinds of seasons, not just four, <laughs> okay? Not spring, summer, fall, winter, okay? You're going to have some wild, crazy experiences in your own development because there's going to be times where you think you figured it out. And then all of a sudden, you're going to go into a tailspin and you're going to experience something else in the marketplace, which is a quarterly shift. And it's going to feel like everything you're doing because you haven't aligned yourself with the market, what it's doing then, it's changed, but you haven't seen it change yet or you're resisting it. And you're going to insist on taking a square peg and putting it into a triangle and it's not going to fit and you're going to be frustrated and you're going to think, oh, no, these things are being manipulated now. They're changing the algorithm. I'm not changing shit. It's staying exactly the way it is. So you need not worry about it. But you're going to be trying to think about how you are feeling and you're never going to be able to do this. And that's not the right way of doing it. 
You have to relax and allow yourself to observe, experience these changes in the marketplace. They're quarterly shifts. Don't hold your opinion or your bias too hard or firm because they will be ripped from your hands. Whether you want to relinquish the grip or not, it will happen. So you want to hold things lightly. That way, when you see trouble arising in your trade, you don't go in and say, oh, I'm going to hold on and I'm going to move my stop away from where I had it initially, if you even use the stop, like I see people on live streams doing. That's a telltale sign that that person doesn't know what they're doing because if they knew what they were doing, they would not be moving their stop once it was placed. They just submit to the fact that they're going to stop down. There's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. That mechanism is there for your protection. That's what you're paying the stop to do its job. Limit how much I'm willing to take as a loss. Not, I'm in a trade, I'm holding on longer, it's not moving fast enough for me, so what am I going to do? I'm going to open my stop up more and take on more risk. How is that a good idea? See, you're going to have that experience. You're going to feel like doing that. I'm going to force you not to do that this year. And you will learn. I will teach you. By the numbers, you will be better than you are right now, and you're going to know more about price action than anybody else can show you. When you sit down on Twitter, whether you're doing it live with me or you come back to it later on when you get back home or you find time to go through it, it's important for you to understand that those tweets are time and date stamped. I can't change them. I can't edit them. I don't have a professional account or whatever they offer where you can edit your tweets. I don't do that. So when you look at these setups, if you look at these draws of liquidity, it's important for you to start monitoring what price does from that moment there. Now, if you can't watch it live, you can go onto TradingView and watch it in market replay. It's not the same as watching the candles paint real time. And you can't do a, like a demo trade or a paper trade with market replay on TradingView. And I hope they never allow it. I hope they never allow it because it's wonderful for me to be able to do what I'm doing because there's no excuse for why you can't trust this as real time. I made a, a post earlier today. One of the new students sent me a message, said, hey, uh, you know, when you teach with a demo, you know, does it bother you other people say, oh, he only teaches in demo? And I've come to the conclusion that most recently, a lot of the folks that have that opinion of me, and I've always had that opinion. It's, I mean, it's always been levied against me because they want to see me perform in a live account because they just want to be like, like I'm a entertainer, like a WWF wrestler. Like they, they want to pay a, a fee, which is their time. And I'm obligated to, to entertain them. No, I'm not. <laughs> if I'm not entertaining you with precision with a demo before it happens, what difference does it make? How much money I'm making? It makes no difference whatsoever. You just want to see that experience. So explain why I'm able to do it with just the paper trades, because I'm showing you that it's before, before the fact. And there's no answer to it outside the fact that it's really there. It's happening. And you can learn it. Instead of arm wrestling me, learn how to do it. But the, the student says to me, you know, does it bother you? I was like, no, because these same individuals that are levying 
their opinion about, whether it's being taught in a live account or if it's in a demo, they're trading with funded accounts. And funded accounts are demo. So where's the argument here? They have relevance to their own trades in demo and hope that they could be profitable because then the funded account company would pay them a profit split based on that. Do you see anybody arguing against a funded trader who gets a withdrawal while trading their demo accounts? Nobody's arguing against that. But they're going to say that about what I'm teaching you to do because they don't want you learning what you're learning here because they're all trying to sell services. I'm selling you nothing. So this entire year, you're going to have all kinds of distractions thrown at you. And you have to make a choice. Do you pay attention to that stuff? Or do you see what's working? Because I'm working. I'm working every single day. I'm putting it in front of you. I'm keeping you engaged. And there's no ad, re ad revenue on Twitter. Okay. I'm passionate about this. And I want this last year of my time with you all to be meaningful. And I want you to get the most out of it. But if you're going to be lackadaisical about it, and have no targets. You thought I straight off topic, didn't you? <laughs> you have to have a target. You have to know what it is that you're aiming for. So what's reasonable? At the end of the first year, your goal should be able to target 6% per month. And some of you are like, what the fuck? 6%? Come on, ICT. Seriously? Like, I want to do better than that. Your first year, you're probably not going to, because you're going to, you're going to find these barriers that you don't even realize you have yet. You, you don't even know what you don't know about yourself yet until you get into that trading account, whether it be funded through a prop firm or your own money. You don't know what it feels like to have a trade on that you thought damn well it was going to do what you thought it was going to do. And you took your stop loss off because you don't want to be wrong. You don't want to be wrong. You're going to take your stop loss off or open it up. And then, which would have been a one and a half percent loss, now became a 5% loss. And now you're thinking, oh, I broke the rule. I got 5%. Man, I don't want anybody to see this. I got to fix it. And you're going to go in and try to do what? Over leverage, over trade. And that never works out well. And if, even if you get it back, that's not skill. That's gambling. I'm not teaching gamblers. Okay, you want to gamble? Go to the casino. You want to learn how to manage money? You're in the right place. You want to have multiple ways as a catalyst to get into a, tr a trade? You found the right place. You want to know what the market's likely to do next? you sure as hell are in the right place. That's what I'm proving to you daily on Twitter. I'm proving it to you that you can see these things coming and you don't need a whole lot of movement to do well. Some of you have heard people say, you know, you shouldn't have these goals because the market can't be timed and you don't know what the market's going to give you. Again, this is being spoken from people that have no fucking idea what they're doing. They're hit and miss. Their logic is lacking. They're looking at retail indicators and they're only taking trades based on that 
mathematical acrobatics of what Price has already done, calculating all this bullshit, spitting out some kind of indicator, and instead of looking at Price and watching what the fuck that's doing, where's it going? Where's it come from? They're spending all their time and anxiety pouring over indicators, thinking that that's going to be what? The crystal ball. That's the thing that helps them figure it out. That's their edge. That's their secret weapon. They won't believe that there's an algorithm. <laughs> they won't believe that the market's literally being controlled to every smallest degree based on time, then price. Pronounce has nothing to do with time. It's only what has happened already. And they wonder why they don't do well. But they're, so, they're selling courses. They're selling services. They're selling signals. When their returns and their setups don't even yield or warrant anyone wanting to pay for it. The industry is rich with a lot of bullshit. And when you come to the conclusion that 99% of these fuckers have no idea what they're talking about, when you spend time with me and you see what really goes on and how price is really booked, it's shocking. Because you start thinking about how much time did I waste doing all this other shit? Like, it's liberating. And here's my final point on everyone else, because I know some of you are listening, you're pissed off. And you're going to be <laughs> trolling me going forward in the you know, next couple of weeks or whatever, what I said tonight. That's fine. That motivates me. This whole discussion tonight was a response to someone that was talking shit about me in comments in somebody else's video about how monthly goals shouldn't be you know, utilized. Traders shouldn't do that. I'm like, really? And then I, I'm sitting here. I'm going to, I got to rant. <laughs> I got to get it off my chest. So if anybody tells you that you shouldn't have a monthly goal, they're full of shit and they're a fucking clown. Okay. I'm going to show you this year how you can do this. 6% per month is absolutely doable. 100% doable. But you can't expect to be able to do that in month one to month, say, nine. I don't think that's realistic. Because while you might do it one or two months, what will happen is, is you'll think that you got your groove and then you really don't. Or you take the average trade setup that may or may not be a good setup, but you'll believe that it is. And you'll take the trade and you'll put it on. You'll put your stop loss on just like you're supposed to and it'll stop you out. And you'll be annoyed by it. Like a rock in your shoe. Ugh, I can't stop walking, but this rock in my shoe is driving me nuts. That's what it's like when you have those types of little inconveniences. You just got to keep doing what you're doing. And when it's time and safe to do so, you stop, take your shoe off, let the rock ball out. When's that? On the weekend. When you can't do any more harm. There's logic to everything I'm telling you. If you're in drawdown right now, you stop. Don't make it worse. Even if you've blown your account last year or already so far this year. 
just stop. All of that shit's temporary. It's all fixed in very short time. 12 months is not a lot of time. It's not a lot of time. We went through last year. Look how fast we went through it. And I'm going to give you an experience this year that makes last year look like kindergarten. Because we're going to get out here and get our hands dirty in it. You're going to see what it feels like to be in there watching price real time. And you're going to see when the shit gets dirty. And when it's good. And you're going to know when's it, when's it likely to hurt me. When's it likely for ICT to get it wrong? And when is it right for ICT to get it right? See, that's what you want to have. A mentor can do that. You don't want to listen to these fucking clowns, okay, that are out there showing you, oh, this is what I, this is what I trade I did here. here. I think I took a trade somewhere in here. What? What? If you're going to sit down and do a video, okay, listen to me, folks. Okay, if you're doing YouTube videos and shit, you're running all this horse shit on YouTube. If I see another motherfucker go on YouTube and say, yeah, I did a trade. I think I, I think I took a trade anywhere. Somewhere here. It's the same fucking day. You can't show me where you got in. Where's your price at? Where was your price? Where was your stop? Where was your target? Why the fuck can't you do that? Because these people don't trade. It's all bullshit. It's all fake. Okay. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing on Twitter. That's why I do the recordings. That's why you see me execute. That's why you see my entries. Because I'm showing you over and over and over again the logic that you are wasting time right now in your mind thinking will be reversed. And you're like, oh, shit, this stuff really does work. Because he's engaging the marketplace exactly how he says. I'm not making shit up on the fly. It's the same shit all the time. All the time. It's the same thing repeating. Over and over again. It's going to have slight little variances to it. Over time, you will start to see them and recognize, oh, it's still the same thing. But these individuals that will tell you don't have monthly goals, they have no sustainability, no consistency, because they lack what it is that they're looking for all the time. Why? Because they're looking at fucking indicators. Indicators are always going to vary. Take, for instance, harmonic patterns, okay? You want to trade the harmonic horseshoe crap, okay? There isn't one that I'm being facetious because I can't stand this bullshit. And I wasted time and money on this stuff, okay? Did I make money with it? Yes. Did I lose money with it? Yes. I found something better. I found the real market. All of that shit is nonsense. Nonsense. Cypher patterns, Gartley's, all that bullshit. You're worried about having all these ratios laid over top of your chart when you just simply look at the open, high, low, and close. What time is the fucking market trading right now? Okay, is it time to do something? All right, great. Was there a displacement? Have they, have they taken the stops yet? Okay, where's the draw on liquidity? How fucking easy is that? How easy is that? That's fucking easy. That is so simple. But you're out here trying to figure out which fucking animal pattern, what ratio, what nonsense to lay over top of the price, which is beautiful. It's a beautiful piece of ingenious entrapment because here's what they've done with this bullshit. They're hiding price. And you're all out here fucking around, floundering, making a little bit of money here, making because everybody once in a while wins at the casino. And they're all going to do what? They're going to pony up where they got it right. 
And then because of that, you get the online trade academy shit where supply and demand, this is the way the market works. No, it's not. Market profile, footprint, dom. No, they're all gimmicks. Strip it down to a single candle or open high, low, close bar. My eyes can't do very well with them anymore, but the open price, the high price, the low price, and the closing price and time of day, day of week, what month of the year, all this shit matters. You honestly believe that these big fucking banks are putting billions of dollars on a fucking crab pattern? Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? You really believe? If you believe that shit, you just must well turn this off and stop doing trading because I guarantee you're not making any money. You're not going to be consistently profitable. You believe nonsense. That's fairy tale shit. That's nonsense. They're not going to put billions of dollars behind some nonsensical horseshit harmonic pattern labeled after a, an animal pattern. Think, 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 folks. Please, just stop and think. Do you really believe that investment banks are going to do that? Do you think they're going to be buying fucking diagonal trend lines? You think they're doing that? They're not. They are not. That's the bullshit that they've thrown out to all of you and me when I first started. And we chase all that shit. And we lose our money in and say, fuck it. You know, it's just too hard for me. And I'm just never going to do it. Because they know that's 90% what happens. And you don't ever really investigate the clues that they have hidden from you by doing everything fucking opposite to what these books tell you to do. It's alarming to see people still believing all of this retail shit. Even after the years I've been out here doing this and showing it and proving it, all these other students now making real money with it. But they'll still, they'll still tell you you shouldn't have monthly goals. Why? What are they missing? What, what's missing from their approach that prevents them from seeing a consistent market return or percentage or why they shouldn't even aspire to have one? They don't have a model that repeats. They have something that evolves constantly. They're always moving the goalpost. That's always morphing into something new. They're changing this and changing that. Sometimes they use a setting on their indicator for this. Oh, I'm a real, I'm a price action trader, but they're still looking at other shit once in a while, but they're not telling you. How do I know? Because these same people are in my fucking shit and they're big wigs on Twitter. But because they're my student, they have to divulge things to me and ask me, hey, look, you know, what about this and what about that? And believe me, I've been surprised to see some of these big wigs out here that you see. And I'm not telling you their name because I'm not I'm not going to do that. But you would be fucking surprised. They don't know what they're doing. 
And they still wrestle even after proving this logic. They won't let go of this dumb shit that they hold on to because their image is rooted on that stuff. They don't want to just say, you know what? I've made money in this stuff. I've lost money in it. I found something better. I found the real market. I found what really drives price up and down. What holds price and consolidation? I have those answers. Me, the boring ICT 50-year-old dude who used to be a pizza delivery guy. <laughs> I got all those answers. And like Willy Wonka, I'm giving out golden fucking tickets this year, and it's for free, and you still are wrestling me. Dumb. Dumb. Fucking dumb, man. They don't want to let go of their image. Because if they admit they're wrong, guess what that means? I was right. And they won't do that. And to me, I think it's delicious. Absolutely delicious. I'm having such a wonderful time. Last year was fun. This is going to be fucking crazy this year. Because I'm going to make so many of you fucking monsters. You're literally going to change the way everything's going in your life. Just walk with me this year. I promise you, I fucking guarantee you, you are going to be a fucking savage. You're going to be able to walk in there and say, oh, yeah, it's going to go here. And this is where I should buy it. Done. Where's my stop at? It's going to be right there. I'm not opening it up. Once it's there, it's done. And I'm going to close it as the market moves in my favor. Or reverse it. And you're also going to look at the market and say, nope, I ain't touching it. It's bullshit. I ain't touching it. And you won't have any qualms about nothing. You'll just turn your charts off and go do what the fuck you want to do. Because you know, like today, it's shit show. That's what real traders do. That's what the real elite does. They're not out here fucking around. With all this bullshit on their charts. They know exactly when they're going to do something, when they're not going to do something. How hard is that to understand? How hard is that to understand that if they are elites, they know exactly what you don't know. They know when to do it. And that's it. Nothing else. Everything else is bullshit. Everything else is a distraction and it's something taking your attention away from the real moves. Six percent. Six percent is one and a half percent per week. That is easy as hell. You can get that so easy. You don't have to do a lot. Your first year should be trying to control everyday trading. Everyday trading is a loser's recipe. You're going to get terrible results by doing that. Tomorrow, you should not be trading. That's your homework. But ICT, I want a demo. You failed. That's it. You failed. I'm telling you to not do something. To test your discipline. And if you don't have discipline, you're forging it by doing this. You're creating something that you lack right now. Discipline. Well, why don't you want us to trade tomorrow? I'm not trading tomorrow. Oh, because you're not doing it. We shouldn't do it. You're fucking right. What am I waiting for? Thursday is CPI. Every time I've publicly shown this year. No, I'm sorry. Last year. I was dead wrong on where I thought CPI was going to go. I have to wait just like you have to wait. The market's waiting for that. Thursday morning, it's going to be a lightning bolt, up or down. One, just like that, it goes, 100 handles or so. And you're either going to get ruined if you're in it, 
or you're going to be shocked how fast it goes to where it goes. And then after that, we can go in there and start looking for liquidity and, and efficiencies. And I think you know the the PM session on Thursday and Friday will be the the next real opportunity. But you have to do what? Exercise personal responsibility and self-control and not do what it is you think you should be doing because it feels what? Counterintuitive, counterproductive. You're here to learn how to trade. So let me get in front of the market and do a trade. I should be doing that ICT. No, you shouldn't. You don't need to be doing anything because the market's primed to do what? Wait for the big news on Thursday. You honestly believe there's a lot of people squaring up positions to do something ahead of CPI? No. Think of it like FOMC rate announcements. The market moves around, yeah, but nobody's really establishing major positions ahead of that shit because it can go all over the place. And many times do the very opposite of what you would expect based on the release or the rate announcement or to whatever fundamental data they use. What's your multiplier? Because that's that's the number one thing. You have to have that. If you don't have a multiplier, you can't hit your percentage return. So what is your multiplier? Okay, close your eyes for a second. Not if you're driving. <laughs> Think about the things that you've watched me engage and record entries on. Now, the entries may be similar to many other trades you've seen me enter on. But there is something that is always the same. I'm aiming for something. I'm either aiming for a fair value gap above where market price is if I'm buying. If it reaches up into that imbalance, that's where I'm unloading. Or if I'm bullish, I'm aiming for an old high or relative equal highs. Something with buy side above it. I'm aiming for that. Because that's where the market's going to gravitate to. Every single one of these traders that will tell you don't have a, a monthly goal, they don't trade that way. That's my big discovery from everybody that crows and says that garbage. They don't trade like that. Their whole model is based on the entry. And I'm going to show you this year in live streams, the fucking entry is the least important thing. I'm going to purposely get in trades already moving. Because you're afraid right now. You're afraid of missing moves. And that's the least concern that you should have right now. There's so many fucking moves every single week. Every single week, there's so many opportunities for you to not have a fucking job. It's disgusting. But until I put your nose in front of it, hold you there against your will, kicking and screaming, and say, look at this. Look at this over and over again. Then suddenly it's going to be like, oh, shit, there it is. The whole time it's been there. And you're complaining. I don't know why it doesn't do this. And I don't know why because you're making a mountain out of things that are not important. I'm taking your attention to the very things that matter right now. And you're asking me about fucking euro dollar. You're asking me about dollar CAD. Those markets are not moving right now. There's nothing behind them right now. 
So I'm taking to a market that moves because it's moving efficiently. When Forex starts moving around again, the same things that I'm teaching you to look and study with, with ES, because I'm trading that with real money, that will work in Forex. All of this shit is transferable to other asset classes. I'm not co-signing crypto. My students say so. I'll leave it at that. I'm not a, I'm not a believer of that. Okay. I don't, I don't want to be in crypto. But if you're a futures trader or a Forex trader, the things I'm teaching you, they're applicable to both. The only element that's different is the time aspect. Futures starts at 8.30 and Forex can start as early as 7. But ICT, I've watched you take trades before 8.30. Yes, because I'm not limited to the, what I'm teaching you as a model. You're all now just learning how to do these things. I've been doing this for three decades. So I'm a little bit more experienced. I codified these concepts. So I, I mean, they're mine. So it, it shouldn't be surprising for me to be able to do more than what you've been taught as an introduction to this. And that's all this has been is an introduction. So it's normal for you to feel those tendencies to be frustrated and feel like you're not getting it or it's not as easy as you hoped it would be. You should be thankful it's not fucking easy. That makes you superior. When you finally get this shit, it's going to be real hard for some of you young folks to not walk around and act like your shit doesn't stink because that's exactly what it did to me. And you'll get humbled. Even being good, you'll get humbled. But 6% for the first year, that's your goal. 6% per month during the first year's development, that is your end year goal. So you should start your second year with 6% per month. And then you should move to 8% by three months into the second year. And then 10%. And I think you should live there for at least six to nine months. 10%? Oh, my goodness. I was watching some guy on the <laughs> – what was the uh, – I'm trying to think. A Twitter – it was like a beef going on. And I was the real discussion about it all. But uh, they were saying, oh, yeah. You, know, you can't make 10%. It's unsustainable, 10%. Man, what the fuck? I've literally made 23 22 and 21% just in the last couple days per day. And you saw my executions. Hello. <laughs> uh, yeah, 10% per month is a fucking comic strip. That's easy. That's literally easiest shit to do. It's not easy to do for someone to just walk through and uh, took a casual stroll through YouTube on uh, IC content. That that's not realistic. Okay, so make sure you understand what I'm saying here. Year three, year three, if you go through exactly how I'm showing you this year, 10% per month is absolutely doable. I don't give a fuck. I'll, I'll stand in front of the CFTC and say, yep, you can do that too. It can happen. It's easy. That part's easy. Why? Why is it easy? How can it possibly be obtainable? Number one, you have to know what you're looking for. What repeats every single day? Now, listen, if you've been eating Doritos and chips and you're watching some sports bullshit, okay, stop. Because this is the part where it really starts to get good. What repeats every single day in the marketplace? Think. A rush for the market to go one direction or the other. Here's the wonderful thing. 
You can be dead fucking wrong at the beginning of the day on bias. Here's the secret. Listen, you can be dead fucking wrong on your bias every single day at 930. Who gives a shit? Flip a quarter. If it heads, okay, I'm going to be looking to go long. If it's tails, you're looking to go short. And then you wait. Wait that first 30 minutes and see what they do. If you had a liquidity pool that they were aiming for or likely to be aiming for, in other words, if you think that the market was likely to go up to take out an old high, run some buy stops, right? And the market just immediately tanks. First 30 minutes, this is going down, 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 okay? Well, now you have a easy decision to make. Is there a fair value gap that, that, that decline has created and left in its poorest week? In other words, as it's dropped down, did it leave a fair value gap up there that it can go back up into? Some of you that are scalpers may say, okay, I'm going to trust a counter trend move. And I'm going to trade up into that, and that's my trade for the morning. That's it. I'm done. Others would wait for it to go up into that fair value gap and then run to another lower low. That's a bread and butter setup. Both of them are. Which one would you personally feel comfortable doing? That's the problem with all of you. You want whatever I've done recently, that's the model you want to do. Much like when you now have seen multiple times now where I say a range shouldn't be filled in. Or this is a balanced price range. My stop loss can be ultra tight. And I'm showcasing that and proving it and typing it out saying this is exactly what it's not going to do. And now you want to abandon every other pursuit in your learning to now discover that because if you could just do that and put that on youtube and on twitter and on instagram you're elite that's bullshit you're wasting time doing that stuff it's not to say that it's not important to learn because i'll teach it to you but that's not it you have to see what happens every single day the market's aiming for liquidity period that's happening every fucking day Every day. And next week, I'm going to have an exercise for you every single day. You cannot do anything until 10 o'clock. And then we're going to be looking for a pool of liquidity above or below the marketplace. And you have to engage that for five handles. And you have to do it every single day next week. Oh, what if I fail? You, that's fine. It's okay. You're doing it. And doing it is like working out. You don't, hit, you don't get abs the first time you did sit-ups. <laughs> You're not getting a six-pack abs just because you uh, watched some guy on YouTube do them. You, know, you got to get out there and do that shit yourself. So this is how you do it. Every single day, the market seeks liquidity. That's the benefit in being these lower time frames because there's so many fucking chances to do that. And five handles is five handles easily done. Now, let's... Return back to that multiplier. Folks that don't have a model that repeats, that is absolutely generic, that keeps repeating over and over and over again, that's not linked to sound logic, but it's rooted in all kinds of indicator horseshit, they have no idea what pattern is going to set up next. They're just reacting to whatever the indicators are saying. They can't forecast it. They don't know when it's going to happen. Contrast that with, we know exactly when the fucking shit's occurring. We like the last hour of trading. That that right there, some of you, that is the that's the man, that's the land of milk and honey. 
because you have all of the day behind you and you have that last hour of trading. If you see that that last hour hasn't ran out a target that it's obviously aiming for, that last hour becomes real easy to trade. Or if it hits it in the afternoon session and we start going into that three o'clock hour to four o'clock Eastern time, and there's a small little shift in market structure. And it returns back to a fair value gap. Look for a pool of liquidity on the one or five minute chart. Five handles. Done. But what if it goes 30? Who gives a fuck? You're aiming for five. Five. Okay. You're doing this to make money. You're not doing this to impress people on fucking social media. That's what some of you are more. You're more focused about that. That's the driver for you because that gives you what? significance and i understand that wholeheartedly believe me i understand that but that is a pursuit that's wasted you want to be making money that's why you're here you're not in here to impress anybody you're here to make fucking money and you can't make fucking money if you are not consistently doing the same things and how do you do that you have to have a goal let's say hypothetically that your goal is to get funded with a quarter of a million dollars, $250,000. Now, I haven't gone through the trouble of discerning how much it costs a funded trader to pay for the access to something like that each month. And I don't know. Okay. But you're welcome to, to tweet to me and say, this is what they, this is what that company does here. If to get $250,000, this is what you have to pay for. This is what you have to do and the whole business. Okay. I don't know that. I'm just giving you some ideas to think about. Okay. But if you had $250,000 that you were funded with, whether collectively or individually in one prop firm, and you're aiming for, now you're in year two and a half to three years, okay? So you're looking for 10% returns per month. That's two and a half percent per week. Now, some of you that are probably educators or mentors listening to this shit, maybe you're a professional trader, maybe you've been doing it for a long time and you think, you know, Everything I'm saying is horseshit, you know, whatever. I'm going to prove all this this year. Two and a half percent. If you're telling me that you got in this business and you can't make two and a half percent in one fucking week, what the hell are you here for? Like, what are you doing? Two and a half percent? Like, two and a half percent. You can't do two and a half percent in a course of one week. If you've been doing this for three years, you're doing something wrong. And I'm telling you, you're doing it wrong. Less than two and a half years, if you're thinking you're going to get 10% consistently every single month, then that's not going to happen. So let's be real, okay? Can someone that's been versed with price action do 10% per month consistently? Yes. How? How can that be done? Well, number one, let's strip it down to the basic math, and then I'll tell you how to apply your multiplier to it. So you have $250,000. And you're aiming for 10%. So you're trying to get $25,000 for that month. So you take your 25000 divided by four. That needs to be broken up of, now we're going to use just one market, and we're going to say my baby is ES, okay? E-mini S&P. You're not worried about what NASDAQ's doing. You don't give a shit what Forex is doing. You don't care what crude oil is doing. You don't care what Bitcoin's doing. You don't care about the new coin coming out. You are focused on one market. That's it. You take your 25,000, divide that by four, 
Then you take that and divide that by five days. But you just set on saying that everyday trading. Yeah, you're a new student. I'm trying to take your attention away from trying to be an everyday trader when you don't know how to trade right now. There's time for all of that once you know what you're doing. You can trade every fucking session after you know what you're doing. Multiple times in the same session, you can do it. You can buy and sell in the same session once you know what you're doing. But right now, you don't know what you're doing. You're going to hurt yourself. So if I'm going to teach you, I'm going to teach you the correct way. And that means I'm going to give you realistic timeframes for when things should be expected. What happens if you do really, really well? Could you do it sooner? Yes, but that shouldn't be your goal. You should be doing this with the intent that you're going to do it with these timelines in mind, with the intent that you're going to get good with the proper amount of time to allow you to develop into it. Okay, 10%, Michael, that's a little too much for me now. Give me something more realistic. Okay. Let's say it's 3%. Oh, a month? Come on, Michael. Seriously, 3%. Dude, that's like your stop loss. Yes, but here's the thing. $250,000, and if you have 3% is your model, you're aiming for 3%. Can you hit 3% in year one per month? At the end of it, yeah, I believe you can. Consistently, probably not every single month because you're still developing, but I think in the same frame of two and a half to three years, I think 3% every single month is absolutely doable. What's the math on that? Well, for $250,000, and you're trying to get 3%, uh, that's $7,500 $7, per month. So you take that same thing, divide it by four weeks. And some of you are thinking like, this is anybody could do this is elementary math. Yes, but I want you to think about how you're not doing this. So it's so easy. You know the math, but you're fucking still working. Okay. You're still doing fucking oil changes at fucking Jiffy Lube. Okay. And you're going to talk to me in the comment section about how well, you, you say this and you say that. Dude, if it's so easy, you do it. You record yourself. You go on Twitter, say what it's going to go to next, and you do it, okay? And I don't see you fucking flyboys doing that. So you got $7,500 on uh, $2,500 equity. So you funded with a quarter of a million dollars. You're aiming for 3%. Now, some of you are thinking 3%, fuck that, that's not enough. Listen, folks. Listen to the math here. $7,500. Are you making $7,500 right now at your job? Does your boss love you so fucking much that they're rewarding you for 40 hours or more a week in the tune of $7,500 a month? Chances are you're fucking not, okay? Now, some of you probably make more than that, and that's fine. That's great. Well done. You're still a slave. But $7,500, divide that by four weeks. It's $1,875 a week. Now, that's not a lot of money. That's not a lot of money, and that's an easy objective to reach especially if you're working with a quarter of a million dollars. So you do the same thing. You break that up over points. We're doing with the S&P right now, okay? So if you take $1,875, divide that by $50. That's one point, okay? Or one handle, four ticks is one handle or one point in the S&P. That's $50. Divide that by eight, divide the $1,875 by 50. That means you have to earn a net gain of 37 and a half handles or points for the week. What? How am I going to do that? <laughs> well, per day, it's only seven and a half points. That's easy as shit. That's fucking easy. Now, you split that day of seven and a half points into two sessions. You have the morning session, you have the afternoon session. Divide it into lunch. You take a lunch hour, go play some PlayStation, 
Xbox, take a nap, whatever. Come back at 1.30 and work till 4 o'clock. And aim for what? The same thing you try to do in the morning. You got seven and a half points that you got to make. That's your that's your goal. That's all you're aiming for for the day. You try to get 3.75 handles. That's one tick less than four handles in the morning and in the afternoon. So aim for four handles in the morning, aim for four handles in the afternoon. And that covers your commission costs. And you'll net 3.75 handles. You do that every single day. Or if you're a swing trader and you say, I can see something on the hourly chart that's going to probably move 40 handles. Well, then you just do one trade and you're done. But you can split this up into small, little, tiny, bite-sized pieces. And if you've watched what I've been doing and you think that four handles is hard, you haven't been watching enough of my videos. You haven't been watching enough of my executions. Four handles is nothing. Like four handles, that can happen in less than five minutes. Two minutes. Like in, in some instances, on one, one minute candle, it can do five handles. Because I'm taking you into the time when the market's likely to move like that. Aiming for a direction or a bias that's attacking a pool of liquidity or aiming for an inefficiency. You're not looking at indicators. You're looking at shit that repeats over and over again. So you could be taking that $250,000 account and parlaying that up to $7,500 a month. Doing you know around $80,000 a year. Not doing very much to do it. It's all about how you understand what repeats. I'm showing you these small little movements intraday because when you look at all the social media stuff, they all show you these big, massive runs in price that they just got lucky with. I'm showing you week after week, day after day, 100 handle moves, 50 handle moves, 30 handle moves. And I'm talking to you right now about four handles. That's one less than the five handle model. That my son uses. Four handles, folks. That's easy. That's so easy. It's insane. And you can do just one-to-one -one gearing, and it's done. You're trying to make 3% per month on $250,000. What happens if you do that same thing? Each month with that same $250,000 account and you let 3% compound over and over and over again. You're making six figures. You're not over leveraging ever. You're never going to blow the account. You're never going to wreck yourself. And you're never aiming for something that's too hard or anxiety inducing. 6% per month doubles your account size, no matter how you slice it, no matter what you start with. At the end of the entire year, if you compound 6% every single month, it's a 100% return. You have a million dollar account that you funded with, okay, aim for 6%. Oh, but ICT, oh, I see these shit, okay? It's this math. 
and sticking to the same multiplier. What's the multiplier? How do you get those four points? I know what you're thinking. Like, okay, this sounds all easy now. Now tell us how do we get those four handles? How do we get those four points? What have I been showing you? Aim for something. What's it reaching for? A pool of liquidity. Bias has nothing to do with it. Where is it at right now? Turn your charts on at 10 o'clock tomorrow. You're not trading. This is going to be a preview for you know, the, the next week. You do not turn your charts on until 10 o'clock in the morning, New York local time. Find the most recent five or 15 minute high or low. What's the market done since the opening? And then aim for that. See which side's been ran out initially. If they've taken out the lows and it's been run up and it's created a short-term high and it's retraced, it's chances are it's going to do what? Run that whole, that high that it just made. If it offers four handles, then you execute in your, not your demo, in your observance of watching price, you're going to tape read that. Well, what am I looking for? A fair value gap on a one minute chart. It will be there. That's the wonderful thing that you're going to discover because all this stuff repeats on all these time frames. You watched me do a uh, 10 second trade on NASDAQ today. And yeah, it, it repeats over and over again on all time frames because price is price. And price is not really referring to the things I'm showing you in charts. That's the language that I've used to bridge your understanding and what you don't and won't know about the algorithm. See, there's a difference between people that will say with harmonic bullshit, okay, and retail logic splattered all over their chart and say that's what the banks use. This is the algorithm. No, that's, that's not. That's retail bullshit. And that's why it's failing you and you're blowing out publicly. And I'm showing every single day precision at work. Now, you don't have to like me, okay? We don't have to be friends at the end of this year, okay? But give me the opportunity to make you into a fucking beast, okay? I don't give a shit what you think about me as a person. I don't give a shit if you like my personality. I don't think that even matters, okay? But I am so ready. I am so ready to transform all of you. But you have to be here. You have to show up. And you have to engage and you have to study and you have to look at the shit and forget all the other shit you think you know. Put it all down. You'll believe me, I guarantee you, you will see right away there's something totally different. Totally different when we're watching real time price action. Because it's going to be a plain, simple chart. And you're going to watch these candles paint. And they're going to communicate with one another. They're going to react to one another. And they're going to live and breathe and move across the chart in a way that's going to make perfect sense. After several months of doing it, you're going to know exactly what it's doing without me saying it. And when you start hearing me say exactly what you're thinking, you understand exactly how to read the tape. You have then, at, at that moment, learned a skill set that I can't write down in a book. I can't make a video for you because that's what you want. You want these five minute trainers, learn ICT concepts in five fucking minutes, man. Seriously, you can't. My shit's been out there since last year. Okay. 
I want to see these individuals that are saying they can do it in five minutes in these five minute video trainers, go out and trade it live, go out there on Twitter. Like I'm doing call the level it's going to be traded to next and then record yourself doing a precision entry with a stop loss and targets being filled. Stop making five minute bullshit. Okay. You can't learn this in five minutes. I can't compress three decades into fucking a year. <laughs> I couldn't do it. It took several years to get it this far. It's just so it's deep. It's very, very deep. And you can go really, really, really far with your learning with this and become a you know a freak with it, like I am. Like it's to me, it's it's amazing. I love it. But you don't need to be like this to make money. You can just do what I sh you know, showed you last year, and that's it. That's beautiful. You can make all kinds of money with that. But what repeats every single day that these folks that will tell you don't have a don't have a goal. Don't have a fucking goal. Don't have a percentage return because math doesn't matter. And the logic they use in trading is flawed. So it makes perfect sense. They'll argue and say, oh, they're going to show you a spreadsheet and they're going to pull up a calculator and they're going to do this and going to do that. But they're not going to be able to do it because this, that, and the other thing. Now, bullshit. I'm already showing you. I'm bringing the receipts that I can read this shit real time on any fucking time frame. Any time frame. I showed you with the daily chart. I showed you with the weekly chart. I showed you with the four-hour chart, the hourly chart, the 15-minute chart, the five-minute chart, the one-minute chart, the fucking second charts. Ten seconds now, folks. Ten fucking seconds. Do I got to do it with one-second charts? Because I'll fucking do it next week, too. And you still will see doubters because they can't do it. Fuck them. They don't matter. They don't matter. They cannot hold you back. But you're going to let them. Some of you will let that bullshit creep into your head and you will ignore the fucking evidence that I'm proving and showing and giving you a testimony every single fucking day. Here it is. It's right here again. Here it is. Here it is. Take your attention to this chart. Look at that count right there. It's going to go here. It's going to go there. You have to have a target. You have to. If you have no target, how the fuck can you measure your progress? Are you hitting the mark every single time you aim for it? How can you realistically gauge progress and development? You're going to be spinning your wheels, which is exactly why this fucking industry has break even to blow out. 90% club. First three months, that's exactly what happens. How many times have you seen me get it wrong? <laughs> Yeah, how about that? I'm publicly doing it. I'm pointing to it. I'm calling it. I'm recording myself doing it. How the fuck can I cherry pick it? I've already co-signed where it's going. You know where I'm aiming for. You know the logic I use for trades. My trades are one-sided. If you can paint the direction on both sides, that's not high probability. I wouldn't be in that fucking move. So you take that logic of knowing what we're looking for. The multiplier is your setup, your model. The thing that you trade over and over again, you don't give a shit about anybody else's pattern. You don't care what ICT's fucking trading. You don't know what anybody else in the community's doing. You don't give two shits what they're doing. You found your setup, your model. What, what does that look like? Well, I just showed you one the other day. I gave you a breaker that I thought was going to be you know, something I can watch and see it melt down. If it would have broke through, then I would have used a fair value gap and I would have done something with that trade. But I, I told you to wait. Wait to the open and what? And 15 minutes. 
And in that time period waiting, I saw what I was looking for wasn't going to pan out. And if I have a time limit or a filter on saying I can't engage at 930, I got to wait. I can't get in ahead of 930. I have to wait. Why? Pal. And we are two days away from CPI. And it's treated much like what? Non-farm payroll. So you have to be very, very diligent about keeping your, your level of frequency and trade and engagement limited. Be very, very selective on what you're trying to do. Because these market conditions you watch today is generally what you see coming into CPI. Big money starts sitting still. And the algorithm will paint sideways, run small little shallow runs above highs and lows intraday, and just look aimless like euro dollar. It's still doing something. Two, three, four, five handle, you know, pit moves. But that's not what I want to be trading. Can I go in there and do that just to prove it to you? Yes. But I want to teach you the right way of looking at a market that's really moving. That's where I'm taking your attention. And I've been there for months. That's index futures right now. And Forex might get crazy again. And if it does, I'll migrate right back over to Forex. But right now, mm -mm, the risk is too high for what it's giving out. No, thank you. So if you're looking at a pattern like I was explaining, if I'm looking at something in the chart that might lend to a breakdown, but it's not doing it, if it's resisting it, then it's it's going to be a fade for me. And I'll immediately override that waiting 15 minutes and buy it and accumulate my position in that breaker that would otherwise be what? A, a premium array that I would go short on. If it's rejecting that, it's saying, no, I'm not doing that. Then I have to do what? I have to concede and say, okay, I was wrong in my analysis by having that on my chart. And then I have to do what? Either make the decision to do nothing, stand on the sidelines, or reverse. So that's what I did. I went in, I built up and accumulated a long position inside that breaker. Showed you the balance price range. My stop loss was not going to be affected by it. And I trust me, my ego loves the fact that you're all astounded by that. But I have so much other shit that you're going to see this year that it's going to make that look like nothing. Okay, that's nothing. You're entertained by that. And that to me is fucking crazy because I am going to show you shit that Tony Stark's going to wish he fucking had his hands on. Nobody, nobody has the shit that I'm bringing this year. And I'm going to dazzle your ass. And it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be, like I said, my victory lap. And I'm going to be waving as I go out in December. All the receipts will be there, and you'll have all the experience walking with it. You saw me reach for a target, simple little fib projections and time. That's all that was. And I was one quarter of a point, one tick off the high. And that pisses me off. Because <laughs> I thought for sure I was going to nail the actual high. And I was off by one tick. And then it collapsed and went back down into uh, take out the low, which I said was the balance price range. Which you're probably wondering, okay, how did I know it was a balance price range that later on became a range that could have been taken out? Everything I just outlined. 
if it looks like a cell and it's setting up a cell and it's rejecting it, then it's going to do one of two things. Go consolidation, which I didn't see that happening. Because why? Pow. The effect of him talking. Traders are going to be reading into that bullshit. I don't even know what the hell this guy says. I don't ever care what he's saying. I don't care. I don't ever read those fundamental data. I don't read any reports. I could give two shits about what they'd say. I don't care about that stuff. Because price is going to tell me everything. Because price is manipulating the minds and influencing all the decisions in every trader around the world that doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. And that's how I was able to look at something. I was ready to do something. And I was like, nope, that's not happening. Reverse is going up. And then, boom, there it was. Went back into the new week app opening. I said, I want to take 10 off there. You saw me do that. And then to high the gap, I took something off there. And as it ran up, it had a nice expansion on the upside through that gap opening on Sunday's opening. I took another portion off and then you watched me run right into the target. Only off by one tick. Folks, that's not luck. That's not luck. That's logic. It's not rooted on any horse shit out there. Nothing. John Murphy don't have it in his books. Everybody else out there talking horse shit. Nothing. Nothing. It's a simple understanding of time and price. And understanding market sentiment. You'll learn about that this year. I'm going to be talking about it every single day. I'm going to be talking about where retail will see the marketplace and where those instances are where retail is arm wrestling smart money. We are looking for those points right then and there. That's when our high probability setups are occurring. That's your multiplier. That's your pattern. That's the thing that you're going to do every single time you go in there and look for a trade. That's what you hunt. If it's not there, guess what you're doing? Nothing. And you're not going to regret it. You're not going to feel anxious. You're not going to fear missing out on something because who gives a shit someone's trading a breaker over there? Who gives a shit they're over there trading an institutional order flow entry drill over there? Who cares if they're trading in a market maker buy model when you're, you're, you're selling short, you're looking to sell short? Who gives a shit? That's not your trade. That's not your trade. That's equivalent to seeing somebody else's significant other and saying, wow. I like to get a hold of that. But you're married to somebody else. You can't do that. I mean, I guess you could do it and get yourself in trouble. But the point is, is in trading, you don't want to do that. You cannot do that. You got to stick to what you are married to. And that's your model. That's your market. That's your multiplier. The thing that you're going to do over and over and over again. And that is going to be multiplied with the heavy lifting of money management. Because if you're aiming for 3% or 10% or 6%, that's a static return that you're aiming for every single month. Your risk need not be high to meet these thresholds in terms of returns. Not even 1%. How about uh, three quarters of 1%? Mm. What if you risk 0.75, which is less than 1% risk. And nobody writes books about this shit. Nobody makes videos on YouTube about this stuff. Nobody makes courses. They don't teach their shit with this logic, okay? But if you're going to have the advantage of having funded account balances, which you really don't have, but they're going to offer you that, and you're able to take money out like you see my students all around the world doing now, 
I promise you they're still trading way beyond where they should because they want these big windfall victories. You don't want that. Not when you first start out. You don't. As much as you want to believe you want it, you don't want that. You want this shit to be steady, eddy, easy money. Something that's easy to do over and over and over again. You're not trying to flip your fucking account. You're trying to take money out of it. Every single opportunity that you can take the money out and they allow you to do a payout, you do it. But what I want to let it grow. Fuck that. How do you know this company's going to be existing six months from now? And what if you work that account up and you build it up and you build it up and you build it up and all of a sudden regulation steps in and says, yeah, we're going to change the way this is being done. You don't think it can happen? Nothing would surprise me anymore. Nothing would. So as you make the money, you get the fucking money. You secure the bag, you pay your fucking bills, you get your ends meet, and there you go. You save some money up and get your own account. You have to have multiple streams of income. One stream of income isn't going to be it. I'm a millionaire, and I still have multiple streams of income. I'm not going to bed at night sleeping about who's going to watch my fucking videos, okay? I'm not worried about, am I going to be able to get a trade tomorrow? I'm not worried about ever doing a mentorship ever again. Think, folks. If you're worrying about money, you have a full-time job in fear. And it doesn't pay well. It gives you ulcers. It gives you stress. It's toxic. It makes you miserable to be around. And I'm telling you how to change all that. Because if you don't change that mindset and start seeing how this is obtainable, your model need not be complicated. Even though you might look at what I'm teaching and see how intricate it could be and sophisticated in many ways, it need not be that way for you. Look what I've been able to do with last year's model. And you can simplify everything that I teach just like that. And like I said, I'm going to literally teach you late entries after a move already started. I'm going to show you how to enter doing that, and it will still beat your fucking job easily, and you need not be afraid. I'm going to show you how it's not chasing price. I'm going to show you the contrast of what chasing price is and when it's not chasing price but still offers you a low-risk, high-probability entry. Folks, listen, there is no excuse this year. You have no excuse, zero. The only excuse you have is you didn't show up every day. And then there it is. I guess that's it. But if you show up every day, you have no excuse. I'm going to lay it in your hands. You're going to handle it. You're going to see it. You're going to feel that you're going to experience every aspect of seeing when the market's going to do this and when it's going to do that and when it's likely to fail. And you're going to see me get it wrong and how I'm going to engage it. You begged and pleaded and begged and pleaded, and now I'm going to give it to you. So there's going to be a lot of folks out there just going to watch and see if I get it wrong. That's fine. I want you to go into this with the intent that you're learning how to do this. And you're also going to see how often I get wrong. How often do I get it right? How often and how precise is what I'm going to show you and where the market goes? That can't be faked. And there will be no other 
recourse for anybody else to say, well, it's luck or it's cherry picked. How can I transfer cherry picking logic? People out there are doing it. They're making money. So how can anyone argue against this when you are going to get a free ride for the whole year with good old ICT? The benefits of knowing what your multiplier is and your model is that you will know exactly what you as the trader are going to do. You're not trying to keep up with somebody else on social media. You're not trying to keep up with me. You're not trying to win some kind of bullshit contest. You're in here trying to make money. That's it. That's all this boils down to making money and enjoying it and having fun. Making money doesn't need to be fucking boring and stuffy, but it needs to be easy because if it's not easy, you're not going to stick with it. Because if it's easy, you'll be able to do what? You'll be able to weather doing it wrong once in a while. Oh, okay, shit. You know, <laughs> I did that wrong. Okay, it's no big deal. Why, why should you be carefree and lighthearted about taking a loss? Because your model, your multiplier, will still fucking work. You just did something erroneous. You watched me do it today. I could have kept that from you today. When I was closing, I was next to my son. I said, okay, look, dad's going to short this here. It was in a really sloppy, ugly range. I said, go through all those candles. What do you see? He goes, I see that, that fair value gap, dad. I said, that's what I'm aiming for. I'm looking through all those fucking ugly candles. And I'm looking right there because that's exactly what the algorithm sees. It's not looking at every single one of those individual one-minute candles. It's looking at what? That fair value gap. And it's going to go back to it, return, back to it, return, back to it, return. And then it's going to do what? It's going to reprice lower to that fair value gap that's shaded in blue. I had six on. And I took three off as it was. I was updating a line saying, okay, I was telling my son, something, watch this, Caden. It's going to go below here. And dad's going to take off three below that. And it just started you know, shooting down real quick. By the time I had the line drop, I said, okay, let me just hit it. And then I put my thumb over top because it's a touchscreen laptop. And yes, I use a laptop when I'm on the internet. Whenever I'm doing anything with YouTube, I'm on that. I'm on that. My screens are on a different ISP. I let nothing. No one's sharing my ISP. I never sent emails through that. Nothing. Nothing is linked to any of my account holding computers. None of that shit is like that. So, yes, I use a laptop and my screen's touchscreen. And I have my thumb on the upper left-hand corner on the hot buttons for uh, buying back the uh, short. So when I, uh, when I tapped the first time, it was already set to, to cover three of them. And then I hit it again and covered it. And then I was moving the screen and then I'm bumping it one more time. And it ended up putting me long three contracts. So I turned to my son. I said, okay, look what dad just did. I'm in the position, covering it, covering it, and then I hit it one more time. So now, right now, if it keeps going down, dad will lose. So I have to do what? How do I fix this? So you're watching a sped up version of it, but I'm giving you the dialogue of what I was telling you at the time. I type it out for you in the, in the recording nonetheless. But I said, right now, I'm net long in a position, but by error. I'm not trying to profit. But I've done something as a human that was not correct. So I saw this a couple times in the tweets too. They're like, uh, but you just got done telling us if we were some mistake, we should get out right away. Yes, that's you. You you don't know anything. So to keep the market from crushing you or beating you up and making you feel like a fool, I've done this a little 
but I have I've been to this rodeo a couple times, so I know what it feels like to be doing it. And if I make an error like that, if it's feasible for me to do it, I will fancy dance and finesse my exit to cover the costs. Now, I've done that before, and it has handed me my ass. Now, now don't get it wrong, okay, because I've done this, and it's been ugly. But because I'm ICT and i got a little bit of a fucking ego, I'm going to show you, and like I showed my son, that's usually what I'll try to do. Unless it's really a fast market, which it wasn't today. It was just a really you know, choppy, just doing the normal bullshit of a consolidation market. So I felt pretty confident that the bottom end of that fair value gap wouldn't be pierced and it would be allow me to go back up and allow me to get out of that. And you watch me do it. So there's a distinction and also a context applied to, yes, I can trade outside of what I taught in last year's model. Yes, I can trade outside of kill zones. Yes, I can trade outside the times I've given you. Well, I want you to do that. Look, I want you to learn what I taught. How's that work? Okay. I'm not obligated to dance for you. But if you're here to learn, how about working within the rules I've outlined for you instead of trying to color outside the lines like I do? I can use that model, but I want to broaden your expectations as a developing student where you're not limited to just that. I want you to have a more independent mindset where you're not trapped into one mold. That model that I gave last year is beautiful. It's perfect. It's nothing needed in it. It's so perfect. But it's not enough for me because I am a nut with this shit. Like, I want to be everywhere. I want to be everywhere in everything because I'm obsessive. I can't fix that part of me. So don't get mad because I can go in there and do other shit. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to distract, distract you or derail you from following what I put out last year. Some of these people that have gone through and found profitability, they don't give a fuck what I'm teaching for now. And they don't care. They'll watch it for entertainment value. But they're not getting changed from what they're doing right now. They know they found their shit. That's their multiplier. That's their model. That's the thing they're going to use to make money. They're not going to deviate from that. They don't give a shit who's coming out with something new. They know exactly how they're making money. They know their way to work. And they know their way home. That's what you're looking for. And for some of you, it might be a forced engagement outside of the times that I've given you. You, know, you have a job. Okay. You have to get up a little bit earlier. That doesn't necessarily mean you got to trade in London. It just means you might have to do something a little bit earlier. And guess what? Four to five handles can be found before 8.30. It's simple stuff, folks. But will you be able to trade the entire daily range if you're trading before 8.30? Probably not. Because you, you're, you're trading ahead of the manipulation. So you, you, can't, you can't be in traffic driving during 8.30. And if you're in traffic, you know, there's an accident and now you're looking at the marketplace and all of a sudden your phone doesn't have connection and you can't get to your broker to get out of the trade. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be in that situation. So you're going to have to find a way to engage or you simply can't trade. And for some of you, that's going to be a brick wall that you don't want to engage or, or, or meet and come to terms with. But you're going to have to make changes in your life. Some of you will have to do that to be able to do this for a living. And there's no way around it. Unless you're trading a daily chart, which and you can. 
You're going to have to have really wide stops, really, really, really small positions, and takes forever for your trades to pan out, but it can still be done. You can make 3% using a daily chart, never even trading a lower time frame. There's nothing says that that can't be done. It can. I personally can't do that because, well, look, today, I can look at a 10-second chart and see dozens of trades inside of three hours. I could be in there firing them off. Boom, 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 boom. Tommy gunning it. Just laying it out there and have a field day, which is exactly what I was doing with those MT4 accounts. Everybody claims was what? Uh, MT4 server. That's some bullshit. Look what I'm doing on TradingView with a 10 second chart. That's the same shit I was doing using my charts to the MT4. Seeing my charts and then Timing it with the MT4 platform. So when I was running up those million-dollar accounts, nothing was done with trickery. Every position, I, every single position that I did a new pyramid in, I was risking four, sometimes 5% on every new position. If you're drilling it that hard and you keep building and building and building and building, it doesn't take long to build that up, folks. It does not take long to do that. But you have to know what the fuck you're doing. And over a course of a month and two months, three months, shit, it's just math. It's just math. But for some of you out here, especially Goldman Sachs and, uh, alumni, <laughs> you couldn't accept it. Too fucking bad. Sucks to be you. But you're all going to get a taste of all that fun stuff this year. You're going to have all kinds of fun with ICT live. And when you have all this information in front of you, and at the end of this year, all the things you're going to look back and say, these are the questions I had that I thought they were paramount. And they, they were hindering my learning when they should have never been a cause for concern. You're going to know exactly how to go forward without me. You won't need to watch my videos. You won't need to come back and see what I'm talking about. You won't need to have a handheld experience with me. You will be independent. You won't need to buy some bullshit software. You won't have to be subscribed to nobody's signal service. You won't have to be part of some fucking Discord, chat room, Telegram, fucking Facebook groups, all that bullshit. That's all distraction. You want to be living your life, not chained to social media. Fuck social media. Fuck Twitter. Fuck all of it. Because it's a drain. And once you get to that point when you can sit back and say, okay, I know exactly what I'm doing. I know what I'm looking for. I know when I should not be doing it. Right there, that right there puts you in the upper 5%. Because most people don't know that. They don't know what the fuck they're looking for. They're reacting. Oh, price has been going up. It's probably going to keep fucking going up. And then you go in there and do what? You buy the high. Then it retraces a little bit. And you say, okay, I'm done. I got to get out of this. You get out and then it rips higher. And you think nobody makes money. No, you just fucked up. You don't know what you're doing. Contrast with, I know I shouldn't touch this, but I'm going to observe it. I'm glad I didn't do that because if I would have done what I used to do, I would have lost money. And then by doing that week after week, seeing the times when you shouldn't be trading, you get grounded. You don't feel like you're missing anything. You don't miss anything. Yeah, there's going to be moves. If you go down to a 
15 second or 30 second chart and look at the two o'clock to four o'clock hour, you can see all kinds of model 2022 setups in there over and over and over again, both directions. There's plenty of setups. That's what these high frequency algorithms are doing, folks. They're not trading on five minute charts, okay? They're on the second charts. They're way below where you're paying attention and they're firing off over and over and over and over again. And there's a marriage between that algorithm that's seeking to engage with the algorithm that delivers price in the marketplace. And that's the that's the real dance. That's the that's the soiree that takes place every single market day that no one's talking about. No one's talking about it because they don't know the fuck they're talking about when they're looking at charts with harmonic this and that, moving averages and horseshit. None of that stuff makes these markets go up and down. None of it. It's money. It's the liquidity, the orders. And if it's not the orders where it's going to, it's going to go there with the intent to do what? Create it and engineer it. And they're going to come back and get it later on. But you're looking at the depth of market thinking you're figuring this shit out. I got level two, baby. ICT's full of shit. He's looking at order blocks. I got all this. Yeah? Put your chart on the fucking screen live when I'm doing it. And you call every minute candle like I'm going to fucking do. I'm going to paint you a fucking Picasso every fucking day of fucking... Every time I get on that fucking live stream, you're going to see something. I'm going to paint a fucking Monet. Okay? It's going to be beautiful. I'm going to choke you sons of bitches that doubt all this stuff is algorithmic because you're going to have nothing, nothing to say. Nothing. And you're all going to be converts by the end of the fucking year. Okay? You might be secretly converted, <laughs> but you're going to be converted. You're going to be watching every fucking video ever made. Downloading everything in case I fucking get a case of ass and delete it all. I'm not. Don't go, Don't worry. But I can't wait for all of you to have the confidence. You think this is arrogance. It's not. I already know what that fucking market's doing tomorrow. I know what it's going to do on Thursday. Partly not CPI. That's the part I can't do. I don't care. I'll stand aside. Let it do what it needs to do. But guess what happens after 20, 30 minutes after that happens? I'm in there again. They can't stop you from doing this, folks. Until they turn the markets completely off, they shut the show down completely, there is no way they're going to stop you from doing what I'm teaching you. There's no fucking way they can. That's, that's the understanding you get. Once you see what it is I'm teaching you, there's no fucking way that they can stop you from doing this. There's no reason for you to fear it not working in the future. This is how the markets fucking work. How hard is that to understand? Like, this is it. This is the source. This is it. You're going right to where the rubber meets the road. And that's exactly what these folks that tell you not to have monthly goals don't know. They can't stand when I'm out here every single day telling you what's about to happen and happens. They're punching the fucking air. They're flipping the fuck out. They're talking in little circles or little discords in their fucking chat rooms. Oh, I think he's a fucking dick. You know, again, he's over here talking this bullshit. He's over here cherry picking. Cherry picking what, motherfucker? I'm putting it out there in public. Everybody sees it. 
And when you have this skill set, you're going to feel exactly what I feel. And some of you that are weaker and younger, you're going to do the same shit I did when I was 20 some years old. I was the biggest dick, the biggest prick there ever was. And you can hear it sometimes. <laughs> it's still in me. That young man still likes to raise his head up once in a while. But the old man in me has to remind his ass, sit the hell down. But that humanity in me is still there. But you're going to feel what it feels like to know what you know. And nobody can take it away from you. Nobody can make you forget about it. They can't discount it. They can't say it doesn't work. Who gives a fuck how many people are going to doubt you? Listen. You start making $50,000 a fucking month. How many people will it take for you to be convinced that what you're doing is bullshit? How many, how many people will it take for you to be convinced that you making over six figures every six fucking months consistently? How many people will it take for them to convince you that what you're doing is a waste of your fucking time? How many people does it take you to do that? Hmm? There ain't enough. There ain't enough. And you're going to understand you're bulletproof. Who gives a fuck who likes you and doesn't like you? Who cares? Is it going to change how you sleep, where you sleep, how you eat, how you raise your children? No. What you do with, you, what you do with your money is your fucking business. You don't owe anybody an explanation what the fuck you're going to do with your money. None. But they're all going to tell you what you should be doing with it, what you shouldn't have done with it. So don't even invite them into the conversation. You got to keep those types of people, which is the public, the social media fucking clowns. They're all going to pretend they know something better and they ain't bringing shit to the discussion. To let them influence anything in your development is stupid. Look around. There's people making real money respectable levels of money and they made it without their own money which is even more crazy now and think about it if i would have had the opportunity to do what you all have today when i was younger man alive i don't even know where the hell i'd be like i don't know like that's a, like you are in a period of time where you need to learn how to do this properly and seize this opportunity because it may not be here long and don't let that be a rush. Oh, I better learn to do it quicker and I'm going to do it fast now because I can't trust. Now, ICT even thinks it's going to go away. It's just my opinion. My opinion is just that. It's not, you know, it's not how things are going to pan out. It's, that's how I interpret it. Do you, do you have time to do it? Yeah, I think you do. There's a lot more people out there losing money and having to reset their account. That's how they make their money. But I'm really interested to test that fucking shit and make more profitable students and see what company I can shut the fuck down. <laughs> I, I was literally telling Caleb the other day, I said, you know what? It would be fucking great if I could get into one of these companies, but not let them know it's me. Like, I don't want to be known because right away, you know, it's going to be like, oh, shit, ICT's here. They'll let me in the door because they want to copy everything I'm doing. But I want to go in under the radar, right? And I mean, this is what I was telling my son. I said, I go under radar, go in there, you know, make a little bit the first month, shit myself, the, you know, second, third month, bring it down, do like a 50% drawdown, and then creep back up, creep back up, and then go up, you know, 
$250,000, and then lose half of it because that way they feel like, okay, they're going to they're gonna blow their account. Just give them time. And then run that bitch up to like $3 million and see if they'll pay out. Like, honestly, like, I don't know if they could do that. Could they Could they cash that check? Because honestly, I, that's exactly what I was telling Kayla the other day. I was like, you know, I'm so tempted to do that shit in 2024. Just the under the radar, just like, yeah, this is, try it. I'm just watching. <laughs> I don't know much about the prop firms and the shit like that, but that's exactly what I've been contemplating. You know, because once I'm done teaching, I'm going to be doing my own personal shit. But it doesn't mean I'm disappearing off the fucking planet. You know, I'm going to still be on YouTube and, and doing stuff just not to the degree and level you're seeing now. But I have a lot of I have a lot of things I want to look into. And that's one of the things I've contemplated doing. But I think I've covered pretty much everything here. I've got to go through my notes real quick here. Um. Yeah, I think I, I, I think I did. I covered everything I want to talk about. So, in short and in closing, I didn't think I was going to be this long, to be honest with you. But uh, I'm feeling better. I'm glad. Thank you for your concerns and your sentiments shared. You need to have a goal. And that goal needs to be realistic. Notice I did not say 50% a month. I didn't say 30% a month. I didn't say 20% a month. I think the upper echelon of consistently profitable and realistic rate of return per month is 10%. As you get higher up in your money, you start using big sizes and large account balances and such. You don't want to increase the rate of return on a short-term duration like a month you don't want that you as you make more money you want to gradually reduce the level of what you're aiming for which makes your job easy you don't ever want to create olympic size you know feats that you have to accomplish okay let me give you an example uh, the Robin's Cup. Everybody hears me talk about this stuff, and this is why I tell everybody that if they have shit to talk, you know, go over there and do it. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna see you do that, okay? And they don't ever do it. That's a real competition. It's got real traders in it. A lot of names keep popping up every single year. They may or may not win it, but they place, and I have a lot of respect for that. Every single one of those individuals that start that competition. And here's an experience for you to watch going forward for this year. They haven't updated anything for 2023's results yet. So I'm not sure you know, when they'll put it up, but the first time they post it, I look at it every single day. And I love studying it throughout the year because you can see the same fo the faces that show up initially in the first month or so, they fade in and out. Sometimes you never see them again. Sometimes they'll fall off and they'll come back. Some of them will fall off and come back and then get really high up there because they're pushing harder than they need to. And everybody, I'm sure, when they first sign up, they just want to win it. And then something happens when they get in there. They feel like they got to do more and more and more and more and more. When really, they should be just doing what I'm showing you here. Doing something consistently over again, over again, over again, and stopping. And if you watch how they, if they draw down, their drawdowns are going to be huge because they're doing everything I said in this discussion tonight. When they have a losing trade, they're trying to correct it right away. 
they want to put an eraser on that mess up, trying to keep the level of performance at its highest. That's unsustainable. That part of trading is unsustainable. Nobody can sustain the highest equity amounts. I have drawdown. Everybody's going to have drawdown. Okay. If you're going to be trading competitively this year, the worst thing you can do is to believe that you can hold on to your highest threshold of performance. That is the, that's the pitfall. That's the trap. Okay. Every other trader in that competition and, and any other competition like it is going to be balls to the wall, always going in there trying to do the best they can and trying to fix any errors as soon as they have it. That's where you do it differently. If you get knocked down, stay down for the day. Everybody else is going to be having those same things happening to them. That losing trade, that drawdown, that one trade turns into three losing trades, and now you're down 5%, 10%. You know, that's completely avoidable. Going to full max loss days, that's completely avoidable. You're not impressing anybody by doing that. In fact, you're doing the opposite. You're showcasing a lack of discipline, and you're showcasing complete recklessness. And if you're trying to be a champion trader, you're trying to be a championship contest winning trader, your goal is to preserve capital first because the understanding is, is everybody else is going to shit the bed eventually. That's what happens. Every I, You all hear me talk about it. And everybody's like, you know, why does he always talk about it? Because it's amazing to study the psychology behind it. Like you, you'd leave this as a beautiful illustration of what goes on through a trader's mind. I respect every single one of those individuals that go into that. Because they're doing it and they're wrestling themselves. That's who's beating them. The other trader that wins the competition, they didn't beat them. They lost to themselves because every single one of those individuals could win. But how they how do they deal with losing? It's bad enough if you take a losing trade and that sucks. It's not fun. But when you lose and you go back in, you try to fix it and you lose again and it's worse. And now here's the thing. If they see your name on there. And they can see how much damage you've done to yourself. The worst thing that can happen is your name show up and then you fall off and never to be seen again. That's shameful as a trader that's, you know, seeking clout or talking shit on the Internet. That is a that that's something that you know, no trader wants to feel that. So they're going to try to do what? Race to the top of the mountain. Be the first one there. And then they'll take whatever comes after that. And what happens is they'll get up there for you know whatever reason that gets them to the highest point on that competition leaderboard. And then they'll see somebody coming up quick. And they might be over leveraging like a nut and getting lucky and being, you know, boom, 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 and big name movement, you know, in the leaderboard. And they think, oh shit, this person's gonna lap me. I better start putting some work behind them, you know, getting in there, doing more trades and do more leverage and you know, don't use a stop loss because I can't afford to get stopped out. And they start abandoning sound logic. Not realizing that if you look at what goes on in that competition, very rarely does anybody come out the gate consistently, not have a lot of drawdown, and just keep chipping away, moving up and up and up and up and up. Nobody, nobody does that.
There's never been a year, and I've watched it since 1996. Every year. And it's such a fascinating study of human psychology. Like, you got to put yourself in these positions that these folks are feeling the pressure of the people underneath them. And sometimes hot shots come in there. And I've watched a couple of them come in, and I'm like, damn, he, he's up 500% in one day, and then they're gone. Never seen again. But 500%, that's nuts. Like, that's a lot. In one day, come on like that, boom, boom, boom. Um, I'm about the busher, this guy's name probably, but I, I apologize if I did. Um, Kevin Stuffelbeam. He he was doing really good um, like a year ago, and he had the second highest rate of return on the Robins Cup. And I was tweeting at the time. I was like, you know, hey, look, if he just would just stop, like just just stop, don't do anything more. Like you have it. Like you're the second the only person above him was Larry Williams. Now there's a huge chasm difference between eleven thousand percent and fourteen hundred percent. Or just underneath it. That that's it. You're you're the second highest one, and just sit back and watch everybody break themselves trying to get to you. That would be fun, and I, I would enjoy seeing that because <laughs> I'd be in there laughing with them. Like I'm watching people come up, they get real close to them, and then they try to pass them, and they break themselves down. They're down 30, 40, 50 percent, 100 percent, 200 percent, and they fall off. And they come back again. It's just it's a fascinating. It's like watching that's like that's NASCAR for me. Okay. I, and that's why I like that competition. That's why I always talk about it. And some of you just think I have this morbid curiosity, like I'm in it every year. I've never, ever, ever joined it every single year. I've never done it. 2017 was the only time I got into it. And if you want to believe that I've done it every single year, all you have to do is contact Robbins. And say, hey, look, I want to see the results for Michael Huddleston's Robin's returns for this year, this year, this year, this year. And was there money deposited on those accounts? You're going to have a record of me registering in 2018, 2019. But there is at, in 2020 because talking options lady, she said she was going to do something. I said, OK, I'm registered. And there it is. And a couple other clowns in the other years. But once I registered, they never stepped forward and funded the account. So I'm not going to fund an account. If they're not going to be in it, there's no point of me being in it. But <clears throat> in 2017, and I've said this before, but I like to put it out there because I know there's people out there talking shit and it ain't real. But I put $5,000 in the Forex division and uh, hooked up a MyFX book to it and everything. And I was being contacted and told that, hey, look, MyFX book is going to link uh, trade copier service to it and they're going to sell your shit as signals. They're going to make money off you. Oh man, that was the worst thing you could have ever told me. Like it's exactly what I was like, what the fuck? Fuck you. So I said, watch this. Boom, boom, boom. And I shit the fucking account real quick. Boom. And I talk shit right on. And you can still see it on the MyFX. Uh, what is it? Their, like their website or whatever. I, I was saying, you're my bitches now. Fuck all you. And, and the trolls will say, I'm saying that about my suit. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the people that were linking that shit up, I'm, I'm not letting anybody copy my stuff and sell it. No. So that's that's the storyline everybody runs with that wants to talk shit about me. But nobody's actually going in that Robin's Cup and doing shit about it. 
You know, it was supposed to be somebody this year, this past it never happened. And somebody's supposed to be in there now waiting, but I ain't seen their full registration or full account number because one account has to be done. One account, one account number. There it is. It's simple. I'm going to do what I just told you here. I don't need to be Larry Williams. I just need to be number one and I can do number one easy as shit. What's so hard about it? Nothing. It's just air and opportunity between us. That's it. Let's go. But talking about it, we're past all that stuff. Making videos and memes about it, we're past all that. Let's just do it. Let's go. We got a whole year ahead of us. I ain't afraid. I'm not afraid. In fact, I'm actually looking forward to it. I have a lot of fun about doing it. I wouldn't even talk shit about it. I just do it. I don't know. I don't know why everybody makes a big deal about the things I'm teaching you because it works. It works. It can change your life. And you don't need to believe the bullshit that people say. All you got to do is spend time with me and watch and you'll see it works. But it's going to be painful and expensive because it's going to cause you to do what? You're going to have to let go of the bullshit that you think that makes these markets go up and down. And you're going to have to deal with the repercussions of everybody saying you're in a cult. You're one of those ICT cultists. You think there's an algorithm. You think this, okay. If you think winning consistently, knowing what the market's likely to do better than anybody else is a cult, okay, I'm in a cult. <laughs> whatever. Call it whatever the fuck you want to call it. I call it winning, okay? I call it doing it correctly and not having any issues about it. No anxiety attacks about why my system is probably going to fall apart. What settings do I have? What indicators do I have to have? All those problems that traders bring into this equation go away when you take all the bullshit out of it. It's just the price. And if you know that these certain things repeat every single day, a stop hunt will occur every fucking day. That's one of the exercises I'm going to put through or put you through this year, starting in February. I'm going to tell you to go through your charts and annotate every single time on a one in five minute chart how many times a stop run occurred and where it was and what time it occurred. That's a study in itself. By doing that, that's a back testing study. But how's I use that for entry? By doing that, that gives you targeting and entry perception that you can't see until you do that back study. There's lots of things you can backtest and study that has nothing to do with going into the market and supposedly doing an entry pattern. The entry is the least important thing. In your notes, right now for today, January 10th, 2023, write this out in bold letters. The entry technique is the least important factor in consistently profitable trading. Underline it, highlight it. Every single day that you go into your studies, you open your study up with that. You say that like a motto. That's your mantra. The entry pattern is the least significant factor in consistently profitable trading. It doesn't feel like that would be true, is it? It's like you all think I got to know how to get in because I got to have a small stop loss. I got to do two pips because everybody on fucking Instagram is doing two pip stop losses and they're getting 200 R, but they're still trading nano fucking locks three years into it. At some point, you got to call bullshit, folks.
at some point, there's going to have to be someone that stands up and says, you know, this is a bunch of bullshit. Because if these young men could be doing 200 R trades and using two pip stop losses, let me tell you something. That's better than me. That's better than me. And they would have been picked up by now. <laughs> okay, Trust me, they would have been picked up and, and there ain't nothing bullshit about that. There's nobody doing that. Nobody's doing that. But, you know, everybody believes whatever they want to believe. But once you see the real thing, everything else just feels like a waste of time. And it's a period of mourning you got to go through. Because for me, I invested a lot of money in books and courses and mentoring through video and VHS tapes and shit. And I believed every single one of these individuals were sincere individuals that were telling me the truth, and they're all fucking liars. They're all liars. They're all selling shit because they didn't make money trading. Hmm. That's interesting. I was not charging for a long time. Then I did charge because I was pissed off when people were selling my free stuff. And then to prove that I don't have to do that, I stopped selling. And now I'm teaching more more fever pitched than anybody else out there, whether they're doing it for free or for money, because I love doing this. This is how I did it before. On Baby Pips, every fucking night I was making a video. I was in the forums typing up all kinds of fucking essays because I love doing I have so much in my head. I got to get it out. I have experiences. I have knowledge. I have wisdom. And if I die and I don't share it, I feel like it's wasted. So I'm like a fucking fire hose. How many times am I supposed to stop <laughs> in this discussion? Right. And there's no ad revenue. We're just talking like close friends would. Old high school chums that, hey, man, I ain't seen you in a while. What have you been doing yourself? Oh, I've been doing this. You want to learn how to do it? Oh, yeah, show me how to do it. I wish there was a way we could all connect you know, physically shake hands and say, hey, but there's some, you know, distances that we're not going to be able to bridge. And we have to do it this way. And it's more efficient this way. And it feels, it feels for many of you like one-on-one, -on -one, like I'm talking to you when I have my son's and my daughter's face in my mind when I'm talking. And that's why it feels genuine because I'm saying everything to them in this recording that would be said to them if they were here. Much like that movie with Michael Keaton, My Life, where he knew he had uh, a terminal illness and he wanted to record all kinds of stuff teaching his son, you know, because he wouldn't be there. You know, I, I treated my videos like that for my kids. Not that I'm terminal, because I, I mean, obviously I'm, I was sick today. I thought I was dying. <laughs> it sucked, but I feel much, much better now. But, uh, I wish there was a way for us to have a better experience together. I've had folks reach out to me and say, hey, look, you know, I want to do an event with you. Everything's funded by us. You know, it would be for profit and we would pay you for your, your, your engagement. I just don't want to do that. Like, I, I don't want to do that. Because number one, I'm, I'm probably not going to feel good about the experience doing it. 
um, to, you know, the only thing I want to sell in the future is the book. That's it. I don't want to do mentorships and I don't want the books to be terribly expensive. I want them to be obtainable for all of you. And I want you to know the things that I want you to know. And you'll have it. You know, it's a like a testimony to everything that I've gone through, what I've learned, what I wish I would have done differently as a mentor and what I've learned as a mentor as well as, well as uh, you know, real order block theory. What, what is this thing that is my order block? Because what you think you know about it isn't it. It's just the, the initial introduction to it. And there's so many things that you don't know about it that a very big, very big book will be the only way I can communicate. And the wonderful thing is, is anybody that hasn't gone through the videos that I've done on YouTube, and mentorship core content, the book won't work for them either. <laughs> Everything I've ever done has been calculated and planned and intended to make sure the weak don't get it. The lazy, the short cutters, they're not going to get it. But to appease everyone and also to clear my guilty conscience about making it hard for most people. I'm going to do what I'm going to do this year to make sure you see it real live right there in front of you. And while there is a small delay and it may be a little bit bigger of a delay for other people in different parts of the world, between what I say and what's on my chart on the YouTube live stream and when you see it on your chart, there's a small little delay in that. If we're looking at one minute charts, that might be a major impact between what I'm calling and talking about and before your chart shows it in the relay from whatever I've done said in the live stream. It's got to travel all around the internet to get to your computer or your device and you're watching and listening to me live. So that delay, you need to be able to compensate for that by having your own real-time data with e-mini S&P and e-mini NASDAQ. If you don't have that, uh, that's going to be a disadvantage for you. And I know some of you are trying not to spend money, but if you're trying not to spend money, but you think you're going to make money in trading, you are already setting yourself up for failure. You're going to have to avail yourself certain resources. And unfortunately, data is essential. Like you, you, you can't rely on like Forex. Okay, Forex is free. It's free data. You know, it's great. But if you're trading a market that's highly precise like this, like you could never pull off. And this is why I've never done. And this is why I've always challenged everybody that say they use one pip and two pip stop losses in Forex and they do it every single trade and it never gets stopped out. I said, just show me one month of doing it. <laughs> They've never done it. They've never done that. You can't do those tight stop losses in Forex because the brokers that you're in, they have their own internal house of liquidity and you're in it. And then they reach out and they get you because you're in order. It's going to trade rate to your price. In the futures market, everybody has the same price. See the difference there? Everybody has the same price. So if you're going to be trading in a professional market setting, you want to be in what? That one. And that means you're going to have to pay a little bit of money to get that feed 
of real-time data. And it's such an insignificant amount of money. So I know a lot of you are in impoverished nations and you're trying to learn this so you can do better things and, and climb your way out of that. And that's commendable. And I have students have done that. But if I'm not in Forex and my attention is in this market, you're going to have to adapt. Knowing that what I'm doing in this one will work for you in Forex too. I'm just not going to be in Forex. I'm not going to do that. I will tell you my bias. When it's there, I don't have a bias. I didn't share it last night. I just reviewed. Look, we gave you levels and it traded to them and dollar did exactly what we were expecting. And how did I use that information? If the dollar was dropping, that means the S&P can go higher. It's a teeter-totter effect. One up, other one down. Risk on, risk off. There's going to be times when you see us doing live streams, and I'll explain how when the dollar is going to be going up and the S&P will be going up too. Well, what do you do with that? I'll explain all that at the time because it's all short-term in nature. And that, that break in the correlation is significant when it's there. Much like an S&P divergence. But talking about it conceptually without having it being right there in front of you, it doesn't have the same impact of saying, now watch this one minute candle right here. It should not go above this candle's high and it's going to go to that candle right down there. And you're all watching on the same one minute chart. And then it happens. And then you're going to be like, what the hell did I just see? And you're going to think about all that shit you read in books and videos and all the other stuff, these indicator things that's always taking your attention away from that. Because here's the thing. I looked at these charts when I was working, when I was driving, I had chart books next to me. When I got stopped at a red light and I was delivering my, because I used to do vending, I used to do uh, candy machines and soda machines, coffee machines. That was my job when I was learning how to trade. So I was driving around on a Suzu uh, liftgate truck full of candy and sodas and shit, you know, going around servicing machines all around the Baltimore area. I worked for a company out in Owings Mills that doesn't exist anymore. But uh, I had charts with me constantly. And I lived and breathed this shit. Like I, I couldn't get enough of it. Clearly, clearly you can tell still at 50 years old, I am still immersed in this. Because it is me. Like, this is me. My wife says it all the time. It's like, this, this is you. This is like, we're small little pieces and extensions and peripherals to your trading. That's, th th we're the small little extras in the, in the play that is ICT. And unfortunately, that sucks as a husband and a dad. But as a trader, it makes me fucking rock hard because I literally, I know what that means because that, that means... I'm in it. I'm all in it. My entire life I've been that way since the 5th of November of 1992 on a Thursday night at 9 p.m. in my aunt and uncle's house reading a book that literally was a roadmap to lose money. But when I lost that money, folks, let me tell you something. That's all it took. That first initial decision. Because I, I sat there and I was afraid to put that first trade on. I was so afraid to go into the futures market. I thought by going into options, that would be safer. Man, was I wrong there? I lost half of my money overnight. The first night, 
orange juice, that shit. By the way, the fella that sent me the little thing, orange juice. Uh, I don't have it sitting on my desk, but I do have it. It was it was cute. The other stuff he sent me. You know who I'm talking about, Mr. Huddleston. <laughs> but uh, this fear that you probably have when you finally get your funded account, that first trade, the easiest thing you can do is put the smallest leverage on and flip a quarter. If it's heads, just buy something. If it's tails, just sell something and get it out of the way. Once you pop that cherry, not to be crude, but you just got to just do it. You just got to let it happen. Whatever the result is, you've done it because you're going to be so afraid of that first trade and you're going to make it more than it really is. And the longer you wait to do that first engagement, the more psychological impact it's going to have when you do take it. So as soon as you get funded or whenever you open up your live account, the very first trading day, flip a quarter. There it is. In that quarter that you flip, keep it at your trading desk. Because you're going to need that quarter again in the future. When you just feel like you need to have something to distract you from wanting to get out of your trade, flip that quarter. Stick to the fucking rolls. You have to distract yourself because that's what indicators do. Indicators are going to distract you from price. It's going to distract you from looking at what really is going on. Because if you always are looking at indicators, this is why this shit has never been observed by anybody else. Because they have constantly been bombarding us with what? Something to look at. A red herring. Put these triangles over your chart, and we're going to call it harmonic. Ride the Elliott wave. Everything's supply and demand. Like everything else is supply and demand. No, these markets don't work like the fucking grocery store, okay? This is totally different. This is absolutely totally different. In the grocery store, we might be paying a lot more money for things today, but it's not a ruthless cutthroat business like trading is. There's nothing like this. And when you get involved in it, you're either going to fall in love with it and fall head over heels over it. Even if you're not profitably, you're still going to love it. If you feel that way, I'm going to tell you something. You are destined to do well in this. You have the very thing that's needed. That means the passion and the endearment for this industry. Because if you're a casual, just let me just dabble and see what happens. If I make money, great. If I don't, fuck this shit. I'm out of here. If you lose money and you feel like this is it, this is the worst thing that could ever happen, this decision you made was the worst thing you could have ever done for yourself, the trading is not for you. Because losing on trades or losing an account for a real trader, that doesn't mean shit. That's just a speed bump. Now, I'm not discounting the fear, the regret, the remorse that you're going to feel if you blow your account. That's real. You have to come to terms with that. And you're going to feel that if you have monthly goals. When you first start out, you're going to think you got to figure it out. You're going to go faster, harder than you really should, sooner than you should. And you're going to have that same experience. Every one of us have had regretting pushing too hard, trying to prove something, and you blow out. Let me tell you something. There ain't no shame in doing that. If you blow out, max loss day, blow your account. 
major drawdown, go into a tailspin. All of that shit is what we do. That's what this industry, that's the common denominator. You're going to lose eventually, but how much are you going to lose? If you push really hard and you try to do Olympic size feats and you blow the account, does that mean you suck as a trader? No. It just means that you were pushing really, really hard and you went beyond the thresholds that your account and your skill set could afford. Done. Now, that is not how you should be trading every single setup. If you're not in a competition, then why the fuck are you trying to trade like a competition? Try to trade profitably. Be eloquent with your entries. Precision. Manage risk impeccably. That's hallmarks to a highly skilled professional trader. Knowing what they're looking for, engaging it perfectly, managing their stop perfectly, taking partials when it allows it. And if it stops you out and you don't get your target, who gives a shit? You've made money. That's the whole reason why you took the trade, right? I mean, nobody's nobody's in my community saying our targets are the only ones we got to have. Like, when's the last time you watched me do a full pull? I can do them on every single one of my trades. Anything that I execute on, I can do a full pull. A full pull is me not taking any partials. But I'm teaching you by example, this is what you want to look for because you're learning. See, you're going to get in trades early, sometimes late. You're going to do this shit wrong. And that's all part of this. It's all normal for you to do that and fail. That's normal. Everybody does this. And you learn from those experiences. You don't learn from making money. You'd never learn from making money. The only thing that shit does is make you more hopped up to do it again, quicker than, than you should. You're going to rush back in. And the lesson comes from you not doing what you feel like you need to do when you make money, which is go back in right away because that dopamine hit, it wears off fast. Especially as soon as you take your win to the social media and nobody gives a flying fuck, you're going to feel like, oh, it wasn't big enough. Let me go in there and do more. I got to do... I got to do 500 contracts of the E-mini S&P or US 500 because then they'll pay attention to me then. ICT will like my post if I'm using a million dollar leverage in my pound dollar trade. If you're using unrealistic expectations in your trades and you're using exorbitant leverage, it's chances are I'm not going to like your post. And I'm doing that to show you be a little bit more humble. Okay, because you're not trading with that kind of leverage. So don't do that. I'm not impressed with those demo profits. I'm impressed with the person that shows precision. Their stop loss is there. They're recording their entry and exit. I love that. And my students do that. I don't like the screenshots of the fake arrows and the typed out how many contracts you're going to. You can tell you when you do it. I can see it. If I can see it, I know everybody else can see it. I'm not going to co-sign fraud. And some of you want to see me like your post. So that way it makes you feel good that your dopamine hit. Instead of doing the work, seeing it pan out in your own charts, you won't need me to like your post. You won't need me to you know, reply to your post. And I appreciate all that adoration, but it's needless. I'm not a fucking king, okay? I'm not a goat. I'm just a 50-year-old dude that has worked his ass off, and I couldn't do it until I was blessed with it. 
and I'm doing my part to keep it up. So don't make me more than I really am. But you have to be realistic when you do it. Don't be fake about any of it. If you lost trying to do something, be honest and share it with the community. But don't talk in defeated language. Oh, I blew it again. I'm so fucking stupid. That right there, you're anchoring that bad moment with negativity. And you're going to be fearful of that same result the next time you do the same thing you just did. And you might not get the same result, but you'll be fearful of it. And you won't do it. And then it pans out. And then, then how you feel. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. When I do it, I lose. And when I'm ready to do it again, I should do it, but I won't do it. And then it makes a win. And then you're going to flip-flop back and forth feeling like, I don't know what I'm doing. When you have to press into that uncertainty. Trading is a professional loser's game. Every fucking trade that we enter, they're all losers from the start. You got to cover the costs. You got to cover the dealing spread in Forex. Every single one of us has to manage a losing trade right from the jump. Some of us manage them better than others. And you have to remind yourself that you're the only one at the helm. I can't fix the shit when you do it wrong. When you steer into a tree, you done wrecked your shit. Like, I can't fix that. And you have to live with it. You got to come back from that and know that, hey, you're in good company. I've fucking blown lots of accounts as a young man. I've done that. That's normal shit. Even when I was in my 30s, I've set accounts up. And I had my own algorithms where it would put orders in. And I was testing high-frequency trading. And I set them up, let it go, and then boom, 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 boom. Inside of one hour, the account's gone. Because the settings would be off, and I'm pushing it full board. Bang, 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 bang. I'm not doing the trading. My program's doing it. And boom, 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 it's done. Well, I take that data, and I say, okay, what did it do wrong? What do I have to fix and debug it? Now, if someone looked at that and said, oh, look at this. He put his account together, sat there for two weeks, first day out the gate, boom, shot himself in the ass. Looking at it, I'll relate that. It was like, this guy took that many trades and the whole fucking account roasted in one day, not knowing that what I was doing was, I'm number one, I'm setting all my parameters up to see what I can do. And it wasn't a lot of money. But outwardly looking at that, it'd be like, oh, that's failure. That's a person doesn't know. I'm trying to automate something. And that failure shows you what you need to adjust and what you need to fix. So there's a lot of ignorance in this industry, especially from people that are just coming in. They don't even know how to fucking trade, but they're going to give somebody they're going to give an opinion about somebody else. You don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. You have never taken a trade in your life, and you're going to criticize other people and me. Fuck off. Get out of here. You have no idea. You have no idea what you're doing. You have no clue what the fuck you're talking about. And you have no business giving your criticism about anyone. You're still working a job. You've never been profitable. You can't even find a setup, but you got all this criticism about every, everyone else. That's who some of you are listening to. And you let that shit get into your head. And that's taking precedence over learning. Because if you spend time doing this, you'll see that everything else that anybody's chatting about, it's all bullshit. You're in the right place at the right time with the right person. I'm not going to hand you a bill with a credit card, swipe your this and give me your PayPal that. 
All this is, is you show up, you put the work in, learn. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be fucking hard because you're wrestling yourself. But once you finally get past yourself and get out of your own fucking way, then you'll really start to learn. And you'll see that you've made it much more harder than it needs to be. Because it's all basically psychological. You're afraid of losing money. You're afraid of being wrong. You're afraid of failing. You're afraid of your fucking spouse or your coworkers or your family members, your friends to say, eh, I told you it wasn't going to work. It's all a pipe dream. And some of you deep down inside, listen, folks, listen. It's going to get so hard that you're going to actually create the environment for that to happen. So that way it's ending all the pain. That short little momentary embarrassment around your family, family and friends, your coworkers. Yeah, I lost my fucking money. You're right. It's fucking bullshit. Nobody's making money. It's all fucking fraud. It's a scam. It's all horseshit. Because you don't want to endure. Because it's hard wrestling with that feeling of, you know, what would they think of me if I fail? Fuck that. Why are you even entertaining that shit? Listen, failure is a fucking choice. That's not a guarantee. Failure is a fucking choice. Setbacks, speed bumps, adversities, that's all part of this. Like anything else, anything worth doing is going to be fucking hard. It's going to cost money. It's going to cost time. It's going to cause you to have to put more effort into this than in you ever think anything you've ever done. Weak people don't survive in this industry. Unorganized, undisciplined, irresponsible motherfuckers do not stay in this business. You have to be an adult that is an independent thinker that understands there's real risk in this shit. You can lose your ass. You can have more money taken from you than you have. How's that possible? Get into a move where your stop loss doesn't get respected like a CPI number and it full on margin calls your ass. Now you're underneath where you had in the account. It's gone. The broker's going to want that money. I've had margin calls like that. It's embarrassing the first time. But you're like, oh, fuck it. You know, <laughs> the broker says, look, you know, you're going to be able to meet this margin call today. Now I'm going to need to get to you on Monday. But okay. And then they're calling your ass at nine o'clock in the morning. Um, you gonna take care of this margin call? Yep. Wire's on its way. Scratch yourself. Okay, it's bad. Blow your leg off. It sucks. You got to get a prosthetic. Okay. If you're gonna be in trading, you got to find a way to work around it. You're gonna hurt yourself in this industry. You're going to. Everybody does it. No one's walked in this and went through without any scars. We all. Have, if you're here still. And you finally made it point to profitability. You all have these same war stories. Some of them are much more interesting than others. But largely, most of the things that you're putting yourself through are completely avoidable. Because you're looking for too big of a return, too fast. You want to flip your accounts. You see all these fuckers on YouTube. Yeah, I flip my account this way and I flip my account that way. I've done this. And I've done that. And they're only showing you an MT4 list of trades. No, no engagement, no management, none of that stuff. 
And you fall victim to that because you see everybody else saying shit in their comment section. Oh, you're the goat. You're a trading God. This is God-like trading. That's nonsense. And you don't ever want to be caught up in any of that. If you, if, I'm going to say this. If you read the comments on my YouTube video, it's a sugar fest. And you now understand why I did not have those comment sections open. Because all of that stuff, while I love it, it feels good as a mentor seeing it. It's needless. It's, it's really not needed at all. And I can see how easily someone that would be slated against me would see that and say, oh, yeah. This is all, you know, him sock puppeting. <laughs> That's a lot of people, isn't it? But you don't need to do that. And don't let that opinion by other people saying that they like or support what I do. Don't let that shape your opinion of me. Don't because you see other people saying, oh, ICT is the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know, he's the goat. I'm not the fucking goat. Okay. I can't stand that. But don't let other people influence you thinking I'm better than I am because you see other people saying that I am. I want you to come here and taste and see it yourself. And if I don't live up to what you think I've said, then you say it. And bring it and show all the receipts where I said this live and it didn't happen. That I showed an example and explained what I was going to do and then did it. And it wasn't in the teachings. I challenge everybody all the time. Genuinely. If you think what I'm teaching is horseshit, go through the content. And I made it even shorter with the 2022 content. Go through the charts and see if that doesn't pan out. See if you can't make money with that. Shoot holes in. Do it. Listen, every time I'm trolled, if it's a really good troll or someone's you know, ribbing me about something, if it's noteworthy, I'll, it'll many times like this whole discussion tonight, it'll cause me to think about something and then I'm like, okay, I can turn this into a lecture. I'm going to get this off my chest at the same time. And then there it is. So some of my higher end trolls know how to get me to produce more content because they know if they say certain shit, I'll be triggered because I'm like a dog chasing cars. I, I can't help it because <laughs> I know in, invariably a lot of you that are new or just, you know, you'll believe any fucking thing that anybody says negative about anybody else because it just seems like that's what should be believed and never even seen it yourself. Never even came through and did the work and, and tested it or spent time with me where I'm actually calling it before it happens. With precision, that's the part that defies all logic. If it was something retail, it wouldn't be that precise because I've never seen anything in retail that's as precise as what I got. And that's th I was looking for this when I first started because I was buying every book out there thinking, okay, the RSI divergence with a 14 period is going to be the clue for me to get the highest candle. If I could just learn how to sell the highest candle, then that's it. I'm going to, I'll be profitable. Listen to what I was thinking about as a 20 year old. I was demanding and only accepting being short on the highest candle. So what was I missing by only pursuing that? Any chance of ever seeing or recognizing a fair value gap or a breaker. Oh, shit. And that's how you fell victim like everybody else does. 
indicators are a distraction taking you away from open, high, low, and close. I'm convinced that if people would have studied price action long enough without all that other bullshit, patterns for pattern's sake would have been a bigger thing. And that was one of the reasons why I liked uh, Linda Rashkin, Larry Connor's book, uh, Street Smarts. And I'd still believe that that book should be in everybody's library. There's a lot of stuff in there that I think is this filler. You know, they, they would probably argue and say, well, I've made this much money with it, Michael. You can go fuck yourself. And that's fine. That's great. I'm just saying that there's some patterns in there and some things that they talk about. This, they're not terribly exciting to me. You know, I like the anti-pattern because you know, it kind of made sense because it still had a little bit of a hook to the um, stochastic type thing. And I was a big fan of stochastic at the time when that book came out. But I've had affinity for the turtle suit pattern. And while I don't teach and trade their version of it, it helped me understand the logic of how the market runs for stops. And I, I, I had to wrestle with this statement that Larry Williams made in one of his lectures on video. He said, you know, there's these people. And I, when I played it for my son, we were in our theater about a couple weeks ago. And I said this in the last time I did a, a Twitter space mentioning it. I'm going to say this. I'm going to close it. But uh, there's a part in the video where he says, you know, they, I've been doing this a long time. And you hear these people, they, you know, they got me. You, those guys got me. They, they, those guys did it to us guys. That's how he says it in the, in the discussion. Referring to, you know, someone stopping you out. And he doesn't believe, at least through his material, he promotes the idea. And I'm referring to Larry Williams right now. Um, he promotes the idea that there is no collective entity of someone out there pursuantly going after your stop loss. When I'm absolutely 100% privy to the group that does that. <laughs> so here's the here's the problem with that. If you learn from that as a young impressionable 20 year old like I was, and then everything I was seeing, and made me feel like I was on the right path. But my hero, Larry Williams at the time, and I have all the respect in the world for this man still. I'm honest in telling you that him saying that remark was a hindrance for me. When I had it figured out in my second and a half to third year, that remark by him fucked me all up. Because I looked at him as a, well, like a father figure because I didn't have my dad and my grandfather was gone. So I was you know, looking to latch onto a father figure and this shit's hard, man. And you have so many advantages today with the technology and look at what I'm doing. I'm fucking still bloviating on about shit. You know, you probably, some of you probably already fucking left the, you know, the conversation and went to sleep or whatever you're doing. I don't give a shit. If there's one of you listening, that's, that's all I need. Just give me an audience of one. <laughs> and I'll talk and talk and talk. But this remark by Larry Williams saying that, you know, he didn't believe there was this them guys did it to us guys. You know, somebody stopped us out. And because I had so much respect for him and I believed everything that came out of his fucking mouth and anything he had printed like I was the fanboy of fanboys. Like you could have never said anything negative about that man. And I would have fucking wanted to backhand your ass. Like this guy did it. 
Like he did it. Now, if you look into his personal life, you know, they, they went after him for tax evasion. You know, they picked him up on the airplane going to uh, or leaving Australia or going to Australia or something to that effect. And he did some time in jail for all that bullshit. And I mean, there's all kinds of fucking shit that, you know, are run around him. And honestly, I think it's because, you know, he beat their ass. Like him or not, he whooped their ass. And they don't want people coming out there feeling like they can whoop that ass. So that's the reason why I always stay in demo. You know, I, I, I'm standing out here showing you things, but I'm also cognizant to the fact that there would be a different treatment of me if I go out there and start running up in front of everybody and you, you all get to come on my coattails. Okay. I'm nervous many times when I talk about certain topics and I don't like some of the things I've said in some of these Twitter spaces when I, when I go off the rails and I say more than I want to say, um, I can't retract it. I can't pull it back. Part of me feels like it's therapy because I get to get it off my chest, but I'm also aware of, you know, who I learned from and I don't want to cause any of that kind of static. So I, I live in that realm where somebody can look at me and say, Oh, he's a demo clown. He's a demo baller. Just that, you know, and then that's fine. You know, I, t I coined the term demo baller. That's me. I, I, I did it so that way I can stand right there in front of everybody in plain sight, hidden where only people that would want to learn how this stuff works would give me their ear in time. And they're rewarded for that. But everybody else casually look at me and say, oh, well, fuck him. You know, he's playing around with demo accounts. Great. Perfect camouflage. Perfect. And I've been out here doing it just like this. And people have looked past that mask and saying, oh, shit, there's really something there. And that's what I enjoy. I like doing that. But Larry Williams was a huge hindrance to me because his words saying that he didn't believe that there was a an entity out there. Oh, shit. I had to make sure my phone was still on. I was hitting the wrong button. I thought I had lost my battery. Hold on one second. Because his belief in the stop hunt part of this industry, he said that he didn't have that view. And his excuse for that position was because he sold the high of this market or did this and that. And he'd come back with, if you get stopped out, your, your, your stop loss is in the wrong place. Okay. Okay. I admit your stop loss is in the wrong place. If you get stopped out, that's, that's a given, but that doesn't change the fact that there is somebody out there collectively aiming for your shit. You don't think that's happening? Cause that's exactly what I'm teaching you to do. You're targeting retail stop losses. If you're learning as my student, that's exactly what the fuck I'm doing. And that's what these young men and women are doing right now when they're making money, whether they're live accounts or they're funded accounts, when they're banking and getting real money, when that money's going from the brokerage firm into their fucking bank accounts, that's happening because they're going after stop losses, Mr. Williams. And that's just the bottom fucking line. So if you've had that thought process all this time, it's time to reassess things because it's really going on. It's absolutely going on. And one of the things I, 
made me angry. There was a period of time where I, I was like, fuck Larry Williams. Okay. And I, I've changed my tune because obviously I was a young man being stupid. But I was offended by, you know, when I finally realized that I've postponed my level of understanding about the marketplace. If I would have just simply discounted him and his opinion instead of elevating it. Okay. And why am I even saying this? Because I know I have profitable students that have done things with other approaches. You know, these people are making money. They've made money and they came to me and they hear how hardline I am about certain things. Well, I'm hardline about every fucking thing. I'm polarizing about everything. I have my opinion. Everybody else is fucking wrong. That's just the way I am. I'm, it's a one way street with me and they name them. They, they name roads after me one way. I'm not here for friends. You're here to listen to my opinion, whether you like it or not. I don't give a fuck. Okay. But if you want to learn how to do this, this is the way I teach it. And sometimes I'm, not the best mentor for it. In fact, I'm probably not the best mentor. But I I have logic and I have things that make perfect sense if you just take everything else away and just go back to the conversation of what we're talking about. How do these markets work? How do they book? What makes them gyrate? And what's the real general principle? What causes the price fluctuations and repricing? Why does the market go up? Why does the market go down? It has nothing to do with buy and selling pressure. It's the fucking liquidity. It's where the money is. The money is the orders. Where are those orders going to be resting? Above old highs and below old lows. How hard is that? It's not fucking hard. It's not complicated. Now, what, what complicates it is I have so many approaches to attack that liquidity. And lazy fucks out there simply want a one-trick pony approach that they don't have to fucking think about. They want to pop up a yin and yang symbol on their fucking chart, and then they got to just do something based on that. Give me something to understand why I'm doing it. Don't just give me a stop sign or a green light go. Fuck that. Give me something to trust. I don't want to be like a laboratory rat where the, the, the bell would ring and the rat knows to go down this way, this way, this way, and it can get its cheese. Fuck that. I don't want to be manipulated in any aspect. I want to know why I'm doing something. I know why it's supposed to be happening. And when it's wrong, I accept the fact that I did it wrong. I'm not going to argue about it. I'm not going to be fucking mad about the system falling apart. I'm going to trust that it will work again in the future when I'm right doing it. See the difference there? There's personal responsibility that's lacking in all of the fuckery that's going on in this industry. And it's been that way since I've been in it and longer. I came up in the 90s when this shit was hot and heavy, when everybody started realizing, hey, I could start marketing shit. I could sell books. I can sell courses. And I didn't know how to do any of that shit. I was learning. I was buying everybody's bullshit. And everybody learned from the 90s, oh, shit, there's a market for this. And in the 2000s, it exploded. Remember infomercials? That's when that shit happened. Because everybody feel, feel like, well, feel like, <laughs> felt like they could go in there and provide a service or a way of doing something to everybody. And if you could put an infomercial up, here's a test for some of y'all older folks. Do you remember a guy named Don LaPree? I take tiny classified ads and I place them in thousands of newspapers all around the world. If I can get a newspaper to pay me $35 or, or profit from that, I'm a thousand newspapers. I'm making $35,000 a week, every week, week after week, I'm getting checks. Okay. But he's not telling you the fucking cost of doing that is break even. So I, I heard this shit as a young man and I said, oh, shit, this is the fucking ticket. I'm getting out of this fucking vending job. I'm going to do that.
So I bought his bullshit and it was literally a rag. Like it was like a comic strip on the back of a fucking newspaper. It was worthless. He gave you a directory of everything that every newspaper and phone number that you you can post an ad with. You could get that shit on the internet. The internet was around then. But what he got me was the upsell. The upsell was, okay, because you are now a member of my private community, I'm going to let you in on an exclusive deal. One nine hundred numbers. Yeah, I had one on. I had one nine hundred numbers. I had a betting channel. I had a horoscope channel. I had a dating service line. All that shit. Okay, I had all that stuff. And you know how much money I made off of it? About eight thousand dollars. That's it. He made more money than I did. I got one minute, one, I'm sorry, one dollar per minute for every call that was made, and he had a dollar fifty of it. Now I had to do the advertising, but he made more money off of it. Long story short, he ended up getting arrested for some bullshit and he, he cut his own fucking throat in the jail cell. That's Don LaPree. So I've done that shit too. Um, I sold a book for handicapping uh, horse races. And the only thing I did was I literally, as a young man, I was a teenager, I went to the library in Essex and looked up handicapping horse races. And I took a book and I condensed it down to 15 pages and I put it in the city paper and I sold it for $19. And I was making more money than I was making when I was working as a fast food guy. So I said, fuck this, I'm not working. And I did that for about three years. And I only put the ads in The Avenue, which is a little shit rag uh, newspaper on Thursday that came out. And I ran on the city paper. Making money handicapping horse races. And it was something I just simply condensed. And there it was. But gamblers, okay, gamblers are sick individuals. And I didn't realize that at the time. I just figured, well, shit, I'm going to sell something. Because what? I see these people that I was working for, they had a mail order business. And they literally were selling things all around the world. All kinds of shit. And I'm like, wow, you know, I want, I want to start doing that. And I talked to one of their nephews and I said, listen, you know, if you were going to do this, what would you do? And I don't know. I just like what I'm doing now. You know, I just got to sit back and get the money. I said, yeah, but I don't have that. How can I, how can I start something? If you were doing it, what would you sell? He goes, I don't know. I'd probably sell like a book or something. I said, yeah, but what would sell? And here's the things that sell. Making money and sex. Anything making money sells, number one. But the only thing that outperforms that is anything sexual. That's pornography. I never was in, interested in that. And his family was into that industry. They owned a, a theater on, on Bel Air Road or Harford. I can't remember if it's Harford Road or Bel Air Road. And then uh, they did a lot of the, you know, the adult novelty stuff, mail order stuff. And man, I literally, when I walked in and I saw their dining room table, and they had mountains of fucking money falling off on the floor, falling off on the floor. And this man's wife came in the room and her wedding ring looked like a blue ice cube. The diamond was blue. It was huge, fucking enormous. It was so ridiculous looking. I was nervous. I was like, I'm in the wrong fucking place. 
I didn't want to move. I was afraid if I if I made a movement, even looking like I was getting close to that money, they'd probably bust me in the head, like you know, going to try to steal none of this shit. Like I was nervous. I've never been around that kind of money before. So I'm thinking, okay, they clearly know what the fuck they're doing. So I was asking his nephew, I was like, hey, you know, what would you do? And he's like, sell a book. And I was like, okay, well, what sells? And he said, making money or sex. I said, well, I'm not doing anything sex. I just, I've never, never been into that shit. So I was like, okay, well, what makes money? Lottery numbers. Everybody had a thing for lottery numbers. And I was like, oh, fuck that. If I knew how to win the lottery, I'd just win the lottery. And I was like, what, what do people bet on? Horse races. I knew nothing about fucking horses. I knew nothing about racing horses. And my grandmother had horses, and I rode them on the weekends when I'd come up there. But <clears throat> apart from that, I didn't know anything about horses. So I went to the library, and I saw a book. And I picked it up, and I read it. And I was like, okay, I now understand what horse, horse racing is about and how you handicap racing and stuff. So I condensed it down to like 15 pages. And I drew the own my own picture of the, the horse in the front being ridden by a jockey. And there it was. I sold it right on... Uh, city paper and the avenue and i only made the copies that were purchased mail order you know money orders would come in i didn't have to do any kind of you know mastercard visa card not that shit and sometimes it would be cash there it is it's done <laughs> so that was the beginning stages of entrepreneur huddleston but i have no idea how the fuck we got on this conversation but back to larry williams <laughs> That influence he had on me that was a negative influence. That negative influence of me listening to him and holding his opinion in high regard was detrimental to my development. And by having a profitable approach coming to me, and then you hear me say, everything else is stupid, that you have to understand something. That's my opinion. I was scarred by all that shit. I couldn't make it work like I make this work. So I am highly opinionated. I am absolutely convinced that no one could make me see anything other than what I see now in price because, well, you see the results of it. It's precise. But I don't want you, much like watching other people leave positive comments about me and negative comments, don't let any of that influence or form your opinion about what it is you're learning or your experience with me. Have that experience uniquely independent from everybody else's input. And that way, you can't blame the results on anything except for the content either works or it doesn't, or you're lazy, because that's the only outcomes. If you're not lazy, you will make this work for you. You can't deny it. It's the truth. It's the absolute market. But you have to come to grips with there are things that you're going to encounter in this industry that are taboo. There is no stop hunts. There is no them that are going to get you. And a lot of the old timers and Larry Williams is old time. Like he's been at it longer than I have. He's been doing it 50 years. I've been doing it 30 and he's done, you know, wrote all kinds of books and you know, made a name for himself as an educator and such. And he's highly regarded. And I regard him. He's like, he was my first mentor, but he, making that remark as much as he believed in it had a huge fucking negative impact on me. And I wrestled with, I know in my heart of hearts that he's wrong, but because I looked at him as a mentor, father figure, young impressionable Huddleston, I 
didn't want to admit in my heart of hearts that he was wrong. He was wrong. Absolutely fucking wrong. Okay. So instead of just going through the process of saying, okay, let me just suspend my belief in what he believes and agreeing with it. And let me go just test this on my own. I put it off. And I knew, and I have it in my journals. I'm wrestling with this right now. I just wish he never would have said that. And by me saying that in my journal, what did I just do? I reinforced the negative control and power of that statement he made. They're his fucking words. That's all they are. They're words. Some of you get offended because I'm dropping the F-bomb. You're supposed to be a Christian. It's a fucking word. Okay? It's just a word. I'm emphasizing something. I am not calling you out of your name. I'm ferociously trying to communicate the level of passion I have behind what I'm saying. If it's ugly language, look past it. Just understand I'm talking to you because I want you to do well. I'm not trying to offend any of you. I'm not trying to be Mr. Perfect Christian because there is none of them. They don't exist. But I'm trying to communicate the understanding that other people's opinion about me or anyone else, good or bad, don't elevate that shit to a level where you adopt it and you haven't done the work yourself to evaluate whether or not their opinion of whatever it is they're talking about is even valid. I had that problem in my own development. And when I journaled it multiple times, I would literally start off my journal sometimes saying, I'm still wrestling with Larry Williams saying that he doesn't believe there's a stop hunt. When I'm looking at this shit and I just got stopped out on soybeans, it went right to my fucking order. It didn't go one tick beyond. It went right to mine and the fucking, that was the low of the day and it went up. Limit up the next two days. And you're going to tell me there ain't no fucking people out there taking stops. <laughs> Come on, man. It, it got to call bullshit eventually. So there's a there's a spectrum to this. If you're coming to me new, if you've been here for a while, or if you're a profitable uh, trader doing other things, you're going to hear me say things that are highly opinionated. And I don't want you to take anything I say that is an opinion about other styles, other approaches to trading. I'm not oblivious to the fact that there's other people out there literally making money and they have no idea what the fucking order block is. They have no idea what a fair value gap is. They have no idea about any of this shit I'm teaching you. And yet they're profitable. I'm aware of that. But I have to be me. And I'm sure when Larry Williams said he what he said, he had well-meaning intentions as, as the, the encourage his students like he was initially dealing with me. I was like, okay, so no one's going to get my stop loss. Because as soon as I understood what he was teaching, a stop loss order was going to protect me from losing more money, but I'm going to lose money. Fuck that. I don't want to put that in there. Because if I'm doing this, I should be right. That's what, the, that's what you're expecting to learn in, as a trader, right? Everybody comes to that conclusion when they first come here. Not just to me, to anybody trying to learn how to trade. When you buy a book, you're thinking, okay, he's going to teach me how to not take loss. You're going to teach me how to never take a losing trade. Nobody has that. Nobody has that book. Nobody has that course. Nobody has that mentorship. Nobody has that secret technique. You're going to trade with my concepts. You're going to have losing trades and you're going to have winning trades like anything else. The difference is 
when you are wrong here, you're not going to be going back and trying to form fit what setting on your indicator would have avoided that. You fucking lost. Next. Next trade. It doesn't mean anything's broken. It just means you had a human error. You did something wrong. Own it. Take full responsibility for it. You've had money management behind the trade properly. It did not crush your account. It did not make you nuts because you had a, a, a losing transaction. It just means, guess what? You got a flat tire. It sucks. Suck it up. Get on the road again. It's simple as that. But you're going to make it bigger than it really is because you're bringing in what? Preconceived notions to, hey, every trader that makes money never loses. That's how I went into this. Because I looked at what Larry Williams did being promoted back then. Oh, shit. He took $10,000 to $1.2 million in, in one year. And then when I found that he was over $2 million at his equity high, that was it. Nobody could have told me anything bad about him then. And here's the thing. He lost more than half of that equity high. And I didn't even see it like that. I held on to the fact that he got it up to $2.2 million. Hey, he did 2.2 million. He didn't go home with 2.2 million. He got there though. Now, as a trader looking back now, more mature, I can appreciate the fact that he went from 2.2 down to 700,000 and back up to 1.2. But at the time, as a young man, it completely went over my head that he was at 2.2 and lost all the way down to 700,000. That, to me, is much more impressive to, to come back from that drawdown and still come out with 1.2. But the fact that in my infancy, not even recognizing that level of drawdown, like I didn't want to see it as a bad thing. And that's why I don't want you all to refer to me as the greatest of all time, the goat, the king. Number one, that builds an expectation that's unrealistic. Because I am not infallible. I do do things incorrect. I do sometimes not do it right. And that doesn't mean that you can't learn from me. It doesn't mean that these concepts don't work. It just means that I am human. I have a lot of things that go against me. And you get to hear these character flaws when I'm doing these live streams and well, Twitter spaces where there's no filter with me. And you literally hear and experience the mood swings that I go through. And these are, well, they're not even at the extreme. Like there's times where I'm swinging crazily and I can't control it. Bipolarism is very difficult to live with. And it's really hard for the people around you. And trading with it and teaching with it, it, it to me, I'm... I'm astonished that I'm effective at all because I know how it's hard for me to listen to certain people. And I know how I can really like to listen to certain individuals, but they have nothing to offer. And then there's some people that you'll listen to that you really can resonate with. And you just like listening to them. And I know I'm not the cup of tea for some of you. And I, I wish I could fix it, but I can't. And just try to take me out of that. I'm just a conduit. Go to the content, study it, take what you need to make yourself better with it, and just you know keep me abreast as what you do with it. That's all I'm asking for. I'm interested to see what you do with my life's work. That's all. And 
already you can see some people already you know are doing amazing things and to me and my family we're, we're actively interested in seeing what all of you do with it this year i believe will be a monumental experience for all of you it will be for me because you know i'm i'm trying to do everything i can but i'm not short on uh realistic expectations knowing that I will still meet with failure in some of you. I won't connect the dots for some of you. And if that happens, my in, my last request would be for you to give it some time, take, a, take some time away from it and come back to it later on and see if it doesn't do it for you then. But at least try to be there when we're doing the live sessions because you'll see it and you'll hear me talk about it, and I'll explain what I'm seeing and what it should do and what it shouldn't do. And don't discount the fact that it's on a one in five minute chart because everything I'm talking about is the same thing every time frame is going to do. When you see what I'm referring to, it'll make much more sense when you start back testing and looking at old data. It'll be, it'll literally leap off the chart at you, and it'll feel like. You ever seen a stereogram? If you've never seen a stereogram, some, some, some people can't see a stereogram. Um, wh what it is, is if you look at a, a picture and it's usually made with like dots or some kind of um, pattern. And if you look at it casually, it just looks like, okay, well, there's nothing to that. But if you let your eyes relax, almost feel like you're crossing, there's a three-dimensional image that'll come to view. And when you have the experience of once you understand what I'm teaching you, you'll look at the charts and they'll be just like that experience. The first time you see a stereogram and I'm probably some of you right now, if you're Googling, what is a stereogram? <laughs> if you've never had that experience of seeing one, it's really neat. It's, and some of them are, are pretty lame once you finally see what they're, what they're hiding, but they'll draw like a picture of a horse. There'll be an image of a horse or a fish or, it could be a word or whatever. Something's hidden inside that picture. And when you finally see price for what it is, on the days it's going to do certain things, like for instance, the other day, not yesterday, like well, not the day we just finished, but the previous day, where I gave you every level for the day and it ran up, closed in the six, uh, 60 minute fair value gap, broke down, went back to the opening gap and down into the fair value gap that shaded in blue. Like it did the whole full Monty that day. Every level I gave you, had something to deal with that individual day. When you have that moment of astonishment where you can see these things before they happen and you know where they're going to key up on, where the highs and lows are going to form, where the setups are going to form, and all you got to do is wait for the time of day when it's going to form, there's nothing that you can use in terms of words to describe it. It's that moment of what feels like real magic. It feels like all the planets aligned like everything finally makes sense and it's a weird epiphany that i still am always trying to find a way to articulate it and i i can't because none of the words i could string together won't even come close it feels like you can finally see it the thing that you don't even know what you're looking for which makes no sense. You listening to me right now, and I'm hearing my own words. <laughs> it, it doesn't reach far enough. 
It doesn't because it, it gives you a sense of empowerment that when you experience it and you start living it and you can see it repeating all the time, if you communicate the level of confidence you have in it, you're going to sound arrogant too. You're going to. And at some point, you're not going to give a fuck what people think because it, it, you don't have time to, to explain it. And at 50 years old, I don't have time to explain it. Okay. I don't have a, a way of explaining it where you're gonna you're gonna have to experience it yourself. And some of you have been experiencing it. Students that have gone through mentorship, they have experienced it. They make real fucking money. They don't give a shit whether you believe them or not. They don't give a fuck. They don't care. None of that matters. Their life is completely and permanently fucking changed for the positive. They don't give a rat's ass. Who's making videos about what? Who's talking about what? They don't give a shit. When you start making money, be honest now. Text, no, not text. Tweet me right now. Who, you know, who's going to be the one that gives a fuck what anybody else thinks when you start making bank? Name the person you're going to give a fuck about hearing from when you start making six figures a year. Who's who's going to be the person that's going to make you feel bad about doing that? Is there anybody you can name? Because <laughs> chances are you're probably typing nobody. Yep, nobody. That's the person that's going to influence you. Because none of this is going to matter. Anybody's opinion about what you're doing when you're being successful matters not. And there's nothing wrong with living like that. Being successful is always going to have some measure of other people being angry that they couldn't do what you're doing. And now they've cultivated this mindset that if you can do it, you, you owe everybody else a piece of it. Because it's not fair. Equality. Here's the equality. I'm giving it to you for fucking free. You all have the same advantages. So do it. Do it. But once you get there, don't be stingy with it. Help other people. Do something nice for other people. You know, I, I want to hear about that. I'm hoping that I've encouraged that type of mindset in all of you. And when you get to that point when you can afford to do things nice you don't have to make a big show of it and i have people that are building hospitals in other countries you know i have people that are building orphanages you know all these things like that to me and my family when we see that type of stuff that's that's incredible that's stuff that really matters not i bought a fucking lamborghini man i had to pay cash for it and it's great and eh, fuck off nobody cares about that Lamborghinis are out of style. Okay. Bugatti, man. I want to be impressed. Show me a Bugatti. Buy, buy the first Bugatti. That's what I want. Because if you ain't got a Bugatti, I don't give a fuck about your car. So in closing, we've covered a great deal of things, obviously, much more than you probably paid for. But uh, there are no refunds. And everything you're going to see this year will help solidify everything you've seen in videos from me over the years. But monthly goals are absolutely crucial to you developing because if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every single time. And if you're here to learn how to make money and you're not aiming for something in terms of monetary goal, if it's realistic, and I think 10% or less, and 10% is two and a half years minimum experience, consistently profitable minimum, two and a half years like that. 
then and only then would I even promote the idea of aiming for 10% a month. But prior to that, nah, just aim for three to 6%. The end of the first year, you should be going into your first full year, going into the second start of the new year. That should be a goal of 6% per month and accepting the fact that sometimes you won't, you won't hit it, but you won't be in a rush to try to get it before the end of the month. That's the difference. And that's also a growth that you'll have to go through that's uncomfortable because you want to be perfect. You want to hit your monthly goal every single month. And when you go into drawdown, you're going to feel like you want to make it back. Or worst case scenario, think, okay, my goal is 6%. And on January 1st of the new year, when I start as my second year in 2024, you have a goal of 6%. And say you only make 3.5%. Don't go into February trying to do the 6% plus the difference that you didn't make in January. Just accept the fact that you didn't hit it. Learn from that. Develop responsibility and discipline not to chase the money. You're sticking to a process. Are you going to be mad if you have a six-figure account, $250,000 funded account, and you made 3.5% in January, 6% in February, 4% in March, 1% in April, 6% the next three months after that, and then 2%, maybe break even on a few months the rest of the year. Is that a failure? Fuck no, it's not a failure. You will not go into a tailspin because you're not losing your mind about losing a trade. You're not in a rush to get it back. You're not trying to do an Olympic feat. You're doing realistic expectations, aiming for something that's logical. Think about what the industry teaches, 2% risk. That's too high. It's too high. You don't need to do that. You don't need to do that at all. You can do 1% or less than 1% and make all the money you'd ever fucking need. But the problem is you can't see it because you can't see consistency. Consistency doing the same thing. What's the same thing? Your multiplier. The very thing, that pattern that you look for all the time that you're going to place money behind. And the money management does the heavy lifting. How many Big Macs did McDonald's sell? Who the fuck knows? A lot of them, right? They make a Big Mac the same fucking way. They've been making them the same way forever. My mom used to eat them all the time. I don't eat McDonald's fucking food, but I don't even call it food. But that Big Mac is the same shit sandwich that it was back in the 70s when I was seeing it the first time as a young boy. They're not trying to reinvent some shit, okay? It's the Big Mac. When you're going into your trading, the same recipe, the same model, the same multiplier that McDonald's uses for their Big Mac sandwich, you're doing that with your setup. You're not trying to make a fucking Big Mac a Whopper, okay? You're not trying to make it a fucking, you know, something other than what it is. And you're looking for it to appear in your chart. And when it's there, you don't think about it. You just engage it. You do it the same way every single time. You manage it the same way every single time. Done. The same measure of percent in terms of risk you're putting on the trade each time is the same. As your equity goes up, you're going to be risking more money, but percentage-wise, it's the same amount of risk per equity. That's the benefit of having money management do the heavy lifting. You're doing the same thing all the time. And as the money goes up, 
the effort and results are compounded because of more equity and more leverage being placed behind the trade. But you're not increasing it exponentially in terms of percentage per risk. It's just the amount of equity being allocated in that percentage. As equity goes up, your leverage will be going up. So your position size will be increasing, but the measure of risk is never increasing. Monetarily it is, but percentage-wise, it's not increasing. You have a fixed rate of risk percentage-wise. And as you draw down when you have losing trades, then you start scaling it back. And that's the reason why you want to have it like 1% to three quarters of 1% because that gives you framework to do what when you have a losing trade? Cut your position in half. Now, you can go in with the lowest level of leverage and start there. There's nothing wrong with that either. But I like to have a little bit of a horse in the race. And you know, 1%, three quarters of 1%, I think is, is doable. It's not exp you know, exposing you to obscene amount of risk. But you can still can blow your account doing that over and over and over again. Losing control, having a number of, of trades that you're willing to take in a day. And knowing when to stop. Like they're all rules that you have to have. And that's all part of what makes your multiplier, your setup, your pattern, your unique model. There's, there's things you have to bring to it. Not just simply, oh, I'm looking for fair value gap after a shift to market structure and looking for you know a discount or a premium array to, to, to attack. Okay, well, what are you going to risk on your trade? And what happens if you take a loss on that trade? How are you going to engage? When will you stop? See, when I go into live streams, you know, I know we were supposed to stop talking, right? Uh, I'm awake, so I'm still talking. When I'm on live streams and I get a chance to ask the person that's doing the live stream, I ask questions like this. I'm like, you know, what, what tells you when to stop? Like, when do you pull the plug on your trading for the day? Is there a certain amount of money that you aim for once you hit it, you're done? Is there a certain number of losing trades or a percentage of equity you are willing to absorb or how many losing transactions do you have before you call it quits? Um, if you make money in the morning, do you trade in the afternoon or vice versa? Like I asked this of anyone that allows me to be able to comment. And some of these fucking live streamers are little bitches because they see me in there. Okay. Wyland. Okay. You won't answer any of my, my questions. And I'm being sincere. I'm, I'm a part of your audience. <laughs> okay. And you won't answer my questions. It takes your moderators to, uh, to say what I said, then you'll respond to them, but whatever. But I ask the same type of questions because I'm interested in the way the trader thinks. I could give two fucks what they use to get in because 90% of the time what they're doing is, is asinine shit. They're, they're either chasing the market, le legitimately chasing it, or they're just flat out wrong. But I like listening to their approach to how they internalize it. What what causes the wrestling matches internally? Because that's where everybody fails. And I like listening to their answers. And, and for the most part, they all have the same retail responses. You know, they just trust, they just trust their gut. Um, they, you know, they when they feel the pressure of it and they just can't handle it anymore, then they stop. To me, that's bullshit. You have to have it written out. I'm going to take a losing trade once in the morning. And then if I have a losing trade in the morning, I'll go one more time. If I lose again in the morning session, there is no afternoon session. That's it. We're done. Because I'm at, I'm at my two loss in the same session. And that means 
I'm probably going to be going in bitter and sore and wanting to prove something. And I want to get it all back in the afternoon. So therefore do what? Just take it home. Go in there tomorrow and trade again. That's why I'm teaching you that way. In time, you'll know when you can go in the afternoon and correct that. But you don't know what that's like when you're brand new. You're impulsive. You have no idea what you're doing. And I have to be careful what I was going to say because another person I like watching would probably be offended about what I'm going to say and it wouldn't even have anything to do with them. So I'll hold that thought for a different conversation. But you have to know what causes you to say, I'm not doing it. If you take a losing trade in the morning and you don't take a second trade at all, then you can go in the afternoon trying to just take some of the loss away. You're not trying to get it all back. You're not trying to double the loss into a gain. These are all rules that have to be outlined, written, not, well, you know, I'll, I'll use that today because it feels like I should do it. No, you have to be rigid with these rules. Big Macs are not fucking made with chicken strips, okay? It's the same wannabe beef in those fucking pieces of bread, lettuce, and Thousand Island sauce they call special sauce, <laughs> okay? That's a Big Mac. So they're doing it the same way all the time. Sometimes the Big Mac you get isn't fit for eating. And it's just like the fucking trade sometimes. You're going to get into it and it could be worth having. That's the way it is. Sometimes you just you don't get what you paid for. And you get a bad result. Doesn't mean Big Macs are going to sell in the future. There's going to be lots of people that want Big Macs. And just like that model that you're following, once you identify what it is that you're going to be following, you're going to still trust it. Even though it gives you once in a while lackluster or subpar results. And that is a learning curve that some of you aren't prepared for. You want it to be perfect. You want it to be painless. You want it to have no adversities coming through. Walking through the door and it's just right to the penthouse. Fuck that. No, nobody has that experience. Nobody has have ever had that experience. And you're not going to be the one that gets it. Even if I was to sit down with you personally and trade live right next to you, you still would have adversities. You're going to have uncomfortable periods where you're not going to know. Like, think about it. When I'm doing certain things in the videos, like, how did you know this? And how'd you know? And I'm expecting you to talk about, hey, that entry pattern was framed on this logic here, and your stop loss was framed on that. And how'd you get to that target? You're worrying about other shit that's the least important thing. Why didn't you use that fair value gap versus this one? When that question you're asking is actually answered in the 2022 commentaries, you got to get past the first couple videos, folks. You got to watch them all. That's why I put it in there. So it's not for a lack of you know trying. I, I put the information in the in the lectures, but you have to watch them. And, and not just listen to them. You got to take notes and then go and say, okay, what he said about the market doing these certain things. Let me see if I can go and see it. And boom, there you'll see it. And then it's now understood. You don't need to watch the videos 15 times to get the, the, the real flavor of what I'm trying to communicate. You'll see what it is and then you won't need to go back to that topic anymore. But anyway, I'm quite certain my mom, my mom, <laughs> my, uh, my wife is, flipping out down there and my children's probably asked my mom, their mother rather 
Dad's been up here a long time. Yes, I have. I've had a lot of time, a lot of fun tonight, and I'm feeling much better. And I've thoroughly enjoyed having this uh, discussion with you. It maybe not so much answered the the nuts and bolts of what it is that you should do because if you're leaving this discussion feeling like 25%, 30% a month is doable consistently, I'm going to argue that with you because if you're starting out just now and you think that's a goal for you to be trying to go for right away, don't. Don't do that. Especially if you finally arrive at a point where you're funded and you have access to be able to take money from a company that makes it available to you. Be comfortable with doing the least in the beginning because it's so easy to ruin it for yourself. And it's such a hard thing to climb back out of. It's much easier to defer instant gratification trying to do a lottery win or a big windfall victory because once you suffer that, it stays with you. It's something that will plague every decision you ever make going forward. I can't tell you how many times when I put a trade on, as soon as I push the button, sometimes I'll have a flashback of something I did in another market decades ago. And I wasn't even thinking about that market or that even remotely happening in, in recent weeks, days, or months. But something triggers a memory and I'm like, oh shit. And it causes me to second guess something, which causes me to get slippage on, on the position entry. That's normal. Like that's a normal thing. But when I first started encountering that, I felt like there was something wrong with me. No, it's just, I have a lot of experience. And because I was learning to do this improperly, because I didn't have a mentor sitting down with me in the beginning. You know, the good Lord himself was the one that was giving me the tenacity to stick with this and guide me through all the, the turmoil. But I didn't have like this guy like you got right now that's bloviating on about what you should and shouldn't do. And it's hard to climb out of that, well, pit once you place yourself there, even if it's a small little drawdown. There isn't enough encouragement to fix that stain that puts on your career as a trader because you all want to walk through with you know, perfect linen, no soil, no stains, no tears in your garments. That's not going to happen. You're going to get beat up. You're going to get a black eye, a deviated septum, broken ribs, might lose a couple teeth. You're going to lose some hair. It's going to gray. You know, you're going to have all kinds of struggles the longer you do this. And it's all part of it. And you got to know what you're getting involved in because it's not all peaches and cream here. You have to be comfortable with, I'm losing sometimes. And that's fucking fun because it's not taking me out. I'm going to win. Every time I have a, a losing trade, the next trade, I'm trying to be even more precise with my entry and more precise with my exit. And I'm doing it with less risk. And I turn it into a way of personal victory, doing exactly what I'm supposed to do within the rules and the context of how I'm trading. And if you do that, guess what it does for you as a byproduct? 
it prevents you from going lunacy, like losing your mind, trying to get it back all right away. You won't have any anxiety about forcing yourself and being correct and trying to repair the drawdown right away. And here's the other thing. You won't regret not catching the big windfall wins. Think about how many times have you watched me do a trade or watched the market tear off and you can see it in hindsight. Oh, if I would have just been there, I could have done that. See, that's a problem for a new trader. That's a huge, huge problem. Only recently in the last, I don't know, maybe eight years or so, fear of missing out, FOMO, has you know, made its way to the, the vocabulary of a new startup trader. When we were coming up in the 90s and even before me, <clears throat> folks would uh, make no mention of fearing missing a move. We were all scared shitless. Like we were afraid to get in the markets because we were told what? Everybody loses their ass in the commodity markets. Don't trade commodities. Well, you know me. You say, don't step on the grass. I'm going to moonwalk across that shit. So I jumped in there fearless and I'm going to do whatever I got to do to make money and then lost my ass right away. So I had to learn how to trade. You are going to fear missing out on all these moves until you adopt a model and you execute and operate only in the context and rules and parameters of that model. When you do that, you will, number one, be sober-minded about how making money is the number one common denominator while you're doing what you're doing. You're not in here to try to impress anybody. You're here to make fucking money. That's it. You got bills to pay. You have a lifestyle you're trying to flesh out for you and your family. There's no shame in that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And having lots of money, that's not evil. The love of money is the root of evil. Not having a lot of money is evil. That's bullshit. That's, that's a twisting of it. So having a lot of money is wonderful because you can do lots of things with money with the right mindset and heart. You can do a lot of good things for other people. But if you don't have a model, you will look at moves, tear off, and you not being a part of that move will make you do what? Regret, chase, and have remorse for not having been a part of it. And that fear of missing out on the next one will drive you crazy. But now if you have a model that tells you, I'm engaging, I'm only going to get this many points during this session, once I get it, I'm stopping. I'm closing my fucking charts. I'll come back in the afternoon if my model says I can. If it says no, I close it and I come back the next day. And that makes you money. And you're not worrying about anything else outside of that because you're keeping your focus on following the fucking rules. If you follow the rules when you're driving your car and you follow all the laws, you don't speed, you stay on your right side of the fucking road and the next person does the same way. And as long as there's no weather issue, chances are you're probably going to arrive in one piece. Change any of those circumstances and guess what you've invited? Chaos. And chaos likes to come in there in, in a, a, a astonishing manner. <laughs> Sometimes much more expensive than you've ever imagined it would be. And yes, the same thing you'll get in your trading. If you open yourself up to things that your parameters and your rules are meant to protect you from what's it protecting you from yourself 
See, the broker isn't going to do anything to you. The market is not going to do anything to you outside of what you allow. It can't take anything from you if you don't enter the trade. It can't take more money from you than you've allowed it to through leverage and your stop placement. Your broker can't make you put the trade on and your broker can't make you take the trade off unless it margins you out. So who's really running this shit? You are. But everybody, when they first start, they like to find the fault with somebody else. Oh, this guy taught me bullshit. This guy didn't teach me this way. Oh, my broker didn't let me do this. And I did that and I did this. No, own it. You fucked up. It's a learning experience. Grow from it. How do you present a, a track record of consistency without having a rule-based model. I don't understand that because I'm not impressed with somebody just winging it, putting trades on sometimes with a stop loss, sometimes not, and only coming out of drawdown when you have the highest level of contracts you can afford, even if it's real account. That to me is not skill. That's just somebody that's just trying to dig their way out of a pit. And that's the extreme of it. And you don't want to open yourself up to any of those types of things because they're avoidable, number one. And it's all rooted in public image. Whether it be your friends and family and coworkers or the circle on you on your uh, social media platforms, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, Discord, Telegram, whatever the hell it is, you know, those people are not going to in Increase your bottom line. They're not. But guess what they can do? They can affect it adversely. Because they're going to influence you into making you feel like you didn't do enough. You didn't impress them. You didn't have enough size on that position to warrant a like or a comment from somebody or a reaction from someone. If everything you're doing in your trades is geared at trying to get public acceptance or my acceptance by a like or a retweet or something to that effect, you're doing it wrong. It doesn't matter what I think or anybody else thinks. Did you follow your rules? Did your model deliver like you expected it to do? Did you manage risk impeccably? If you've done that, do the same thing the next time. And that's all that fucking matters. That's it. That's all this is. That's all trading is. You're keeping the bullshit out. You're not letting toxicity come in, whether it be from your friends, family, co-workers, or social media. See, social media is that fucking relative that comes to the fucking Christmas party and shit that you know damn well. Every time they come there, they're drunk, they're disorganized, they're dysfunctional. They bring all the bullshit. They're the black cloud that comes in there. And every horror story that can be talked about, they're the one bringing it. And you feel like they've sucked the life out of the entire experience. That's what social media is. It's the, the unwanted cousin that you didn't want to have show up at fucking Thanksgiving. That's what social media is. And you all love them. You keep signing into it, loving it. 
because you're addicted to that drama. You're addicted to that bullshit. And none of that's going to make you money. None of it. It'll distract you. You'll miss trades. You'll worry about bullshit. And the whole time, the market just presented something that you just missed. So you're going to have to be a, a guard of your attention. Where, who are you giving your time to? Are you giving your time to someone that's actively pursuing a better outcome for you? Or are you watching somebody that's trying to sell something to hopefully get money out of your pocket into theirs? Have you listened to other people pour themselves into you like you're getting right now <laughs> for free? And this is real world shit. Like I've lived all this stuff. Or are you getting a sales pitch later on? A coupon code. Some horseshit. Something that you don't need. Okay. You only need the open high, low, and close. That's it. Some logic as to why it should run to a high or a low or a fair value gap above the price or below the price. Folks, that's it. That's the that's the only four outcomes. If the market's going to move, that's it. If it's not doing that, guess what it's doing? It's consolidating. So now let's strip it down. Does it want to go higher? How do we know that? Did it take sell stops recently? And is the weekly chart likely to expand on some higher time frame level? If it is, and those criteria has been there, then you wait for a time. 8.30 when news comes out, or you wait for 9.30 equities open. And you look for evidence of displacement to show you that it wants to go there. Once it does that, it's a shift in market structure. Okay, great. Use your fair value gap. Go in and go and buy it. Put your stop loss where I taught you, right below the low. And then if you get stopped out, if you're going to take it on a trade, half of the leverage that you used before. What are you going to aim for? A short-term high if you're bullish or a fair value gap above the market price that you are entering at? Once you get there, whatever that target is that you're aiming for, 75 to 80% of your position needs to be off. Done. Now, that's how you can do this model where you're aiming for several handles. Once you bank that, then leave a little portion on to see if you can get a runner. And many times you're going to find out that that smaller portion pays for in full some of your losing trades. So it allows you to smooth out all those imperfections in your performance. And that's something that you're going to want to have as a trader, something that helps you weather all that uh, normalcy in trading where you think it's a straight vertical line of everybody's making money, you're finding out that there's an up and down to this sometimes, and you need to be able to keep that downslope, the drawdown, managed. So it's not just managing profitable trades. You want to manage your losing trades. When you go into a losing series of, of incorrect trades, and you're going to have it, you got to be able to reduce the amount of leverage on your trades so that way when you're in a losing series of trades, you're reducing the next trade you take. It's half of what you put on in terms of leverage. So if you took a, a like, for instance, you see me start with many times six contracts. That's $300 per point in the S&P. Then my next partial, unless I'm really aggressive and I know I'm on one side, I'll go from six to three contracts on my next 
uh, pyramid, and then from three down to one. If I'm really aggressive, I know I'm on side. That means I know I'm on the right side of the marketplace. I have all the things I look for that would cause me to be bullish. I'm going to go in with six contracts, and then my next partial will be five. And then my next partial going in will be four, three, two, one. That's pillaring. Okay. A pyramid is where I start with the largest portion first, and then I work my way down, splitting it in half each time. That's my normal pyramiding. If I know I'm on side and I know have everything in my favor that's going to go up, I will go in with six, five, four, three, two, one. And then many times, if I catch something else and it gives me something else that I can uh, add another one on, I'll go one more single after that. And that's usually it. So if that's your working base of what your like your average multiplier is, like that's like that's my go to. If I can't put a trade on with that type of gearing, then I'm probably not in a high probability setup. So I'll just do something with like four or three contracts and no pyramiding. I'll just do partials as it lets me. So you'll see those examples when I'm doing, you know, the live explanations. I'll say, okay, this is a trade where I would have done six here. I'm going to say what I would do. I'm not going to push the button. So that way you can clearly see I am not front running anything, not even in a demo, not nothing. I'm going to explain the logic of what I'm looking for, why it should be done this way, and that way you see it. Somebody is still going to bitch and complain that you're not trading ICT, but I'm still going to call it to the fucking degree of perfection. And they're, it's going to, they're going to miss the whole point of doing it. Don't be that stupid person, okay? Don't be a fucking Carl. There's no employee of the week award around here. But I think that's going to be it tonight. So I'm going to close this one and hopefully you got something out of it. If not, I hope I entertained you for the time we've been together. Trying to see what I got here. Hold on one second. It's one o'clock in the morning. I've been going for four hours. It feels like I just fucking started. You want to go for four more hours? I can go for four more hours. <laughs> Some of your work like, this motherfucker ain't stopped talking yet. No, I, I don't. I don't stop talking unless I'm sleeping. But anyway, I had a lot of fun tonight. And I feel so much better. And I'm hoping that you got something from this in terms of inspiration and realistic approach to setting monthly goals, why you should do it, and why you shouldn't do other things. And I tossed a lot of other stuff in here for no extra charge. And I don't know when I'm going to do the next one. I wasn't really planning on doing any of these in 2023 but you know how that works with me whatever i say you know you're always gonna get more than what you're expected to get so anyway tomorrow turn your charts on at 10 o'clock look for a, a one or five minute short-term high or low and study that for a liquidity run and look for five handles don't start your charts or open them up before 10 o'clock because you're going to be doing this exercise Monday through Friday of next week. And I'm going to give you other things that you got to start doing, but I want you to just spend time doing that. Don't do any demos tomorrow. You're just paper trading or not paper trading. You're, you're tape reading, no paper trading, no demo trading, no live trading. Okay. Just observe, but only look at the market rate right at 10 o'clock and only look to 1045. You should find something between 10 and, and 45. One little stop hunt, 
look for five handles. If you don't get it, if you can't see it in real time, just after the fact, after it happens and you can see it for what it really is, then log it, put that in your journal and you'll see what I can do with that with your learning the following week. Okay. And all of this will help frame tape reading and understanding how to find setups. And it's applicable to higher time frame charts. Don't think that this only works on these smaller time frames. It doesn't. It works on all time frames. But you have you have to lot the logic that I'm going to share with you, you know, as we go through this year. Okay. That's going to be it. I'll touch base with you, I'm sure, tomorrow by way of Twitter. Tickle on your Twitter. And until I do that, be safe.